one, two, three, four, five. Welcome back to the TMCJ podcast. We are on episode seventy-one. Uh, I am extremely jet lagged because I just got back from France, which is our first topic. Um, but yeah, today yes. we're, we're doubling our first up. Our topic for today is jet lag. Uh, <laughs> no, our first topic for today is France. <laughs> no, our uh, we're also we're we're doubling up on topics again. We have nothing planned for segment two, so it's topic segment one, a little bit of media in the middle, and then topic segment three. I thought that's what you said. You're giving me a weird look. <laughs> So it's not that we've not got enough content because I've actually got like another primo new special game. But yeah, I, because I, so many things have happened, we've got more topics for segment three because yeah. yeah. Well, we'll, so we'll see how packed one. We'll see how segment uh, one treats us, and if uh, you know if we're moving moving along at a decent clip, then maybe we'll have time for your new game. Oh my. Um, but yeah, so I, I've been traveling for the first time in almost two years, um, and as it, what, what did you just That wasn't do? you, I just almost <laughs> choked on my coffee, sorry. I'm a bit ill still, you can probably hear it in my voice. Um, but yeah, God. I've been, um, god, it, it's been so long, I used to travel quite a bit, internationally quite a bit too, and ever since this all started it just obviously shut down um and it was so weird trying to like piece together like everything that i needed again like i used to be able to pack a suitcase in like a couple hours and i knew everything i needed this time it took me like half a day to remember everything i needed and i still forgot the charger converter because the people in europe use that weirdo two-prong thing three-pronged well <laughs> no no it, that that's the australia yeah yeah you guys have the thick prongs <laughs> the British are yeah, compensating yeah. for something. <laughs> um, no, it, like, and it, it was a lot of fun. The, um, but it turned as it turns out that I think I just barely slipped in because they're introducing what, all the kinds. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> into traveling because <laughs> there's all kinds of new restrictions that were being put in place as I was on my way home. Mm. Because they're uh, they're all worried about this new less deadly coronavirus. South African strain. Yeah, yeah, the Omicron, which by the way sounds like a fucking transformer. I was just thinking that. Yeah, it's like oh, I've come down with Megatron. <laughs> like what? The f uh, <coughs> um, yeah, God, just just whenever I hear like the Greek alphabet, I think of either Red Rising or Transformers. <laughs> there was oh um. That was something that I, I noticed as a difference, and maybe this is just continental Europe, or maybe it's just the French. Oh, apparently where I was going for, for work over there, it was in the Alps. So I, I drove, uh, because I didn't well, drive the whole well, way. Well, you like it cold as well, don't you? Yeah, I did. So I was, I was up in the mountains, and it was chilly and rainy and snowy the whole time, and it was amazing. Um, also, I got to drive a car with a manual transmission, because they drive on the same side of the roads as us. Unlike you people. <laughs> with a manual transition? How's that got to do with... What? Car. Driving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, it, like... It, it's fun to drive. I, I, that's my preferred, um... Do you normally draw, drive an automatic? No. My, oh, my okay. car is manual. But most people in the US drive automatic. Um... Oh. It's something like, I think... Automatic in, is a lot more fun. But, yeah, pretty much everyone here has manual. Yeah. Most, it's more, it's much, much more common in Europe than it is in the U.S. I think in the U.S. it's mm. something like 
10 to 15% of people drive manual, and it might be lower than that. That's what that's the statistics when I started driving back in mm. 2004 or whenever. Um, so it, it's probably different now. I'm all over the place, but up in the Alps, <laughs> beautiful, beautiful mountain like vistas. Like mm. the first you day, I, photos? I did, I did, and I will, um, I'll send you some pictures of them later. But, nice. um, Mont Blanc, the um, the highest mountain in Europe, was literally like we could see. I could see it from like out the window. I'm surprised that hasn't been renamed. Honestly, what? what White Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was quite apropos. The mountain was very white. Yeah. Um. Um. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, you're saying <laughs> this. This was also one of the. Uh, most more awkward trips for me because like other places I go I typically speak a bit of the language like if yeah. if, if I go to a country where they speak Spanish I'm good if I go to a country where they speak German I can I can you know work my my way through obviously if they speak English I'm good um French haven't got a fucking clue if, I, I could barely remember here oh, sorry has seen the amnesia playthrough you'll know how bad Kaiser is with French <laughs> <laughs> Like, I don't speak French, but I know a fucking whole language more than him, apparently. <laughs> yeah. I mean... I, I feel yeah. like a lot of it is in the pronunciation, though, to be fair. Yeah, and normally that's that's where I'm, I'm good. You'll notice I said Mont Blanc instead of Mont Blanc. Yeah. Uh, like, you love how much you love saying Les Miserables <laughs> instead of Les Miserables. I was legitimately um, watching that movie on the flight home. You were? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, it, I didn't have internet, and I had it downloaded to my tablet, and it just seemed very appropriate. <laughs> I was on a mm, semi-long trip the other day on mm. the train, and they've started doing free movies now. Oh, nice. I, I imagine they're, they're having to find ways to entice people back to, like, public transport. Although, flights, I noticed, even... It, so, I, I flew business class, because it was work, mm -hmm. uh, that I was over there for. And normally, like, business class, they would give you free Wi-Fi. Or they did back in 2019, 2020, when I was flying regularly. Now, even in business class, they're charging you for Wi-Fi. Really? Isn't business I, class, like, so fucking expensive anyway? Yeah. Yeah. The, this, like, the, the, the ticket, and I won't say it on the podcast, but the ticket was several thousand dollars. Yeah. Um, no, I remember how much you said, and it was fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Um... Part, part of the Jesus. reason this particular ticket was so expensive is because they, they put me through three connecting flights instead of... Because I was going to a small area in South France, up in the Alps, where if I was going to somewhere like more metropolitan, like Paris or London or, you know, somewhere in Germany, I, I probably would have gotten a ticket for a lot less. Um, but it was still... Actually, it's still much more expensive than it used to be. To be fair, I can kind of... The airports, much like most businesses during the pandemic, have probably been nosediving yeah. in their profits. So I guess they need something to pick them up. And that—that's what I was thinking. Was I was because I—I I remember logging in, and I could—they give you messaging for free, but yeah. um, if you want to actually use Wi-Fi for anything else, then I think on the flight out on on Delta it was like, I don't know, like five five to ten bucks depending on what internet you wanted um 
probably the, the worst offender. I, I don't, nothing against them. I actually really, really like um, KLM, uh, the Dutch Royal Air, Airlines. But they had the most expensive Wi-Fi. I think it was like nine euros to have it for four hours of the flight. And it was an eight-hour flight. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say an hour. I was like... <sighs> but they gave you the free messaging Wi-Fi, but that was only for an hour. Right. So I was able just to, to get... tease you, to, just, to just put little, you in a little, little bit. A little tease. It's like, come on, you already paid... <laughs> like gateway drug. <laughs> you already paid a few grand for the flight. You can pay nine euros for the fucking Wi-Fi. Right. Uh, yes. But they do give, you know, these little porcelain houses, so I guess it all yeah. works out. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that making that probably would have cost about the same... It probably, I mean, if you were to see this in, like, a knick-knack shop, it probably would have been about nine euros. Yeah. Wait, there's something in this. I, that's why I think that's a stopper. The chimney is a stopper, I think, mate. Yeah, I hear there's a fluid in this. Yeah. The one I had before wasn't, didn't have anything in it. Oh, so... Uh. <laughs> Speaking of fluid, another lost in translation moment. So France, you think like you know things that there you know do very well, food, right? And yeah. I did go to a restaurant and had like an absolutely amazing. Food. It was like leg of lamb in this raisin and almond sauce, and it was just oh, it was delicious. It sounds a plate of, very fancy. A plate of weird cheese, which of course mm. I had to get that because I was in France, but. The, the restaurant at the hotel was awful. <laughs> like, oh I ordered, like, some kind of... It, it was basically like a beef tenderloin. Mm. And tender is the furthest thing that this, like, particular chunk of meat was. It was like... I felt like I was chewing rubber. Oh. Um, it was it was mm. bad. And so... It, but I think that the, the, the food service portion of the cause the rest the, the hotel itself was beautiful the one i stayed in mm. um like you know big thick old dark wood doors um like big comfortable bed like a lot of amenities throughout the hotel the, the gym was a joke it was a treadmill and an elliptical and a tiny room in the, the back room in the back but the restaurant was bad i went to the bar right and i ordered a martini right yeah now just off the top of your head what goes into a martini uh, an olive. Uh, I don't actually know. I don't think I've ever actually had a martini. Weirdly enough, oh. um, I, I get the urge for I know every what it now looks and like. again. I just don't. I haven't really had them. I assume yeah. like uh, I don't know. It's got kind of white wine vibes. Although I'm sure that's not what goes into it. You've actually identified part of the ingredients. So it's vermouth, which is a, a type of wine. Um, okay. It, it's it's like a. a you make vermouth the same sort of way that you make wine, and somebody's yeah. going to get mad at me about that because that's not entirely accurate. But um, a martini is ooh a late little paper parasol. No, no, that that does not go into it. Uh, a, a martini is typically um, gin or vodka, vermouth, right. either sweet or dry, and then olive. That's it. Yeah. Now. I, I'm just going to assume that this bartender wasn't completely incompetent and it was just a translation issue. But I ordered a martini and mm. what he gave me was a glass full of vermouth with a lime. With a lime? Oh, sorry, a lemon. Um, I mean, still. <laughs> the, thing is, the thing is, the brand of vermouth is called martini. 
Ah. So he, he, he just poured a glass of vermouth. What the fuck? He might. He's probably just new. It, it, well, yeah, it was either. Yeah, he's either new or yeah, there was just. There's a different thing you call it in French, maybe. Um, also, I can kind of imagine, like, I think it's kind of fair that they didn't have a big gym in there because I mean you're on the Alps. Yeah, I but I feel they, like getting anywhere is a fucking workout. <laughs> They, I mean, but they did have a giant, <coughs> like, little, uh, arrangement. A giant little? Sorry. A little arrangement, okay. but giant in terms of proportional size. Um, a little display case of Grey Goose, because it's, it's French. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I think they, they, they probably had one gin. I don't know. I mean, I, when I didn't really... to France, you should really be drinking wine. And that, that's what I did. I had, I had wine with dinner. But, um, mm. and the, the wine was quite good. Um, but yeah. And, like I was saying, uh, the... Oh, God. Driving in the small town. I gotta say this, too. Mm. So I've been to... France is probably the third most chaotic place to drive I've ever been. On really? highways, it was fine. But when you actually get into the city... What? Oh, okay. Yeah. I was gonna say in the Alps. <laughs> when you actually get into like the small town, like street driving, the for the first two chaotic places on my list are India and Dominican Republic, and they basically just make up their own traffic rules. The French are only like one step <laughs> past that, where they actually, it, the way driving in a city felt to me for France mm. was it was like. Everyone just made up their own rules, and then some bureaucrat tried to codify that into law. They they tried yeah. to they they tried to take the chaos and make it the law. France it's, is a bit of a funny one. Like I feel like a lot of the people who live in France just fucking hate the government and will just like that's why there's so much goddamn protests like all oh the time in France. Did you see any, by the way? Uh, I didn't where I was, because I was, again, up in the Alps. I feel but, like it's become a tourist attraction. <laughs> but but several people were talking about it, like, uh, while I was over there, I was talking to people, like, to locals, and they were saying, oh, yeah, like, right outside my, my window, there's, there's like, a protest every Friday or something like that. <laughs> they got a club. <laughs> yes. They go, oh, what are we protesting today? <laughs> Is it gas prices? Is it COVID? What? <laughs> Fish and chips, right or wrong? Should we be eating horse meat? <laughs> <laughs> Pineapple on pizza. Fuck it, let's go. Brilliant. The the way I we don't described get too it too serious here, guys. That's a bit going a bit far. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about. So I actually before I, I left on the trip because Thanksgiving obviously happened a couple weeks back, and mm. when I was talking to my my family, we were talking about the trip, and uh, there were travel advisories for the U.S. going into France. Yeah. And um, it wasn't to do with any uh, diseases like most people are concerned about now. It was actually because they were they were still rioting. And and I, like the way I described it to my family is like, yeah, you know, here you might have a protest, people might complain and shout. No, when the French don't like something, they have a riot. It's yeah. Just that they they just decide to. I think these days in America, I feel like. Over the last year, America's had so many fucking protests and riots and shit that yeah. I, I think people are getting kind of bored of it. <laughs> they I don't are. think France ever got bored of it. Oh, no. France has been doing it since the 1800s. 
probably yeah. before that. I think actually they've probably been doing it since the 1600s. Since uh, Les Mis. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Whenever uh, uh, Napoleon came in, because uh, no, that that would be the 1800s. Yeah. Um, I just said something. I just suddenly thought, do you guys eat horse meat in America? Yeah, uh, rarely. Okay, because it is not legal in the UK. Oh, it's not legal. Okay. Yeah. So there was a big blow up a few years back, uh, probably more than a few years mm -hmm. back now, where it turned out that a certain supermarket was selling uh, yeah. a lasagna, specifically lasagna, with horse meat in it. <laughs> and, oh God, people are fucking outraged. Um, but yeah, famously, France has always been fine with it because... Well, France um, did eat... And, I mean, I had foie gras on the uh, flight over. Right. Um, which, that, that's something that people get Isn't pissed that off. duck? It's it's fattened a duck liver but the the reason that it's controversial is the way they fatten the duck is they basically put a funnel in its throat and overfeed it Ooh. i think we do have that in england i yeah. could wrong it's um, delicious but but it's it's the same way that like uh what is it uh veal isn't is kind of a controversial meat because it's baby cow and they specifically yeah. prevent the cow from moving around too much uh so that it's more tender when they they make the meat um, I think the specific reason, though, that the UK greatly dislikes horse meat, though, is because uh, after World War One, I, I don't know if you know about this. Mm. After World War One, we brought everyone back into England, but we couldn't really afford to bring all the horses back. Uh, so we left the horses in France, and, and the then French ate them. The horses that were fighting for us in the war got eaten. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's food at the end of the day, I guess. But I, I like. I said I had like lamb when I was over there. My my mother doesn't really like eating lamb because uh, when she was a kid, she raised lambs, and she actually had a baby lamb um, that they had to slaughter for food. So like, yeah, I same think... with um, my mom. Actually, she saw like cow. Uh, I think it was calves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so we, growing up, me, my brother, we never ate beef. Um, and we... that's a tragedy. <laughs> we didn't really eat lamb either. Um, we've got kind of a, a um, quite a rural side to our family, and so when we went there, it was okay to eat these things because we knew that they'd been raised properly and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, the treatment of some animals not great. So yeah, that's why we didn't eat much. I mean, I don't know. I I guess I don't have as much of a problem about it. Like, I've always. Be, I think because my, my mother was raised on a farm and, like, she brought me up mm. with a similar mindset, even though I wasn't, um, I've always, I've never had that weird disconnect between what I'm eating and where it comes from. Like, mm. I'm, I'm well aware, like, I love mm. eating meat, and I'm well aware of the animals that meat comes from. It's never been something that's kind of put out of my mind. Like, I know when I'm having bacon, I'm like, that's a pig. Um... <laughs> Also, yeah, weird. what the fuck is with Europeans and undercooking bacon? Like, every morning, I got, I got bacon. So, first of all, you know what, you know what breakfast was for 19 euros? You know what breakfast was in France? Nine, hang on, how much is 19 euros in dollars? Uh, in dollars, it's like 21 dollars. Fucking hell, that's expensive. That's yeah, really expensive. Yeah, and you breakfast. know what that, you know what that came with? Uh, what, drink-wise? No, no, just that—that that was breakfast. So it was, oh, what well, breakfast was? Like, bre you know. It was a bowl of bread, 
some preserves, tea or coffee, and a newspaper. That's atrocious. Yeah. It was fucking obnoxious. It was extra. I got bacon and eggs because that was not what I wanted for breakfast. I got bacon and eggs, and that was an extra five euros. You got fucking scammed. <laughs> well, I mean, I didn't pay for it. <laughs> the work paid for it. True. I was on a yeah. business trip. That, that That's the... Like, I would have been more pissed about it if it was something that, like... I was paying for myself, um, but I also probably could have gotten much better deals if I were eating at like local restaurants. But it, this this area of France, um, few people spoke English, and the people who did spoke it in a very very broken manner. Um, yeah. So I kind of had to get by. That's weird because like everyone is going to sound weird. I play Heroes of the Storm exclusively with French people. Don't ask why. <laughs> <laughs> Just happened that way. The hotel should and have they hired can them. All speak English. <laughs> to be fair, everyone in the hotel spoke it reasonably well. Um, yeah. Except for one of the bartenders. Uh, like one night, I was trying to. I wasn't even trying to order anything complicated. I just asked for a Heineken. Hmm. I was. I asked for a Heineken and I asked for a steak, and that. That communication. Uh, these American sun cultured. <laughs> First of all, it was a woman, so she didn't sound like that. <laughs> she can sound like that if she wants to, Kaiser. <laughs> she takes out the Frenchman voice. Oh god. No, sorry, I completely <coughs> lost track of what I was talking about now. But I had a Heineken in the steak. Yeah, no, no, that that was, but I mean, before that, before we got onto the, oh, food in general. Uh, yeah, yeah. breakfast. Um, but yeah, the bacon, it was pink. Like, what the fuck was this? Like, you, you're supposed to, Should I know it, it's it's cured, so it's not bad to eat it, like, undercooked, but uh, I, I want some crispiness to my bacon. Fry it. I thought you were going to say, because there's, like, two main kinds of bacon, right? Mm. There's crispy bacon, there's streaky bacon. Or, or, sorry, there's, there's, and there's back bacon, which is back like a bacon, bit bigger, yeah. I think. Yeah, we, we call it, uh, back bacon is, uh, we call it Canadian bacon here. Right, okay. Um, yeah, but I don't know if you guys have, do you guys have, like, streaky bacon over there? I assume you do. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of an American thing, actually. I mean, it's, it's, we just call it bacon. Like, okay, cause that, streak, that, streaky that's bacon like, is the default here. Yeah, that, that tends to be a, a bit, like, thinner, it's a bit more... It, it's less of a, I don't know, less to chew through. Yeah, I mean, back uh, bacon is closer to ham, which, and I can understand that being a little bit less cooked because it is more cured and stuff, but yeah. no, this was just like what you called streaky bacon, but pink. Right, yeah, no, that's not normal. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like you just were a bit of a shit hotel. I, like, the, the again, and I want to emphasize this, the hotel was awesome. The food okay. at the hotel the was ass. Yeah, and even the you no, know, even the amenities like the, the like the hotel had a nice gym. The the lounge and the you bar said it was tiny. It was tiny, but it was big for Europe. I've I've been and the at a lot of them. They got your drink wrong. Yeah, but I think that was a translation issue. Everything else, like the the wine was good. I had I had a glass of whiskey one night when I was there. Um, okay, I had you know they understood Heineken. <laughs> kid, yeah, the, kid. but again it it was kind of like um 
it was one of the nicer hotels in the area. There, there were, we did, and again, we did go out to a restaurant one night when I was there. Luckily, it was one night when my coworker was there. She, she lives in Paris. Mm. So she was fortunately there and speaking French. Oh, that reminds me. The French have an app that you have to scan when you go into restaurants because they're, they um, COVID they, stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and we kind of do. Yeah, well, we, we don't. Um, I actually had to dig it out for this trip, but they gave us this, like, flimsy little card that's like, hey, mm. by the way, this guy got a shot. Um, and so that, I had that with me. So we went into the restaurant. She was like, oh, yeah, we need to scan you coming in. And so my coworker's like, oh, yeah. And then I was like, I just have this. <laughs> and I could understand bits and pieces of what she was saying, but it was essentially like, yeah, he's American. He has, you know, he just has the card. Or he doesn't have the app. And so the lady just looked at it and was like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. But from what, what my coworkers were telling me is restaurants are getting really, really lazy about scanning those things. It's one of those things that the, the government requires, but no one gives a shit about. Oh, over here they give a shit about. Although, to be fair, we've kind of taken away the whole um, having to do that now. Uh, so we have the, the we NHS never had to, app. Yeah, we never had to do that in the US. Right. So <laughs> yes, the, the National Health Service released an app where... Mm. Uh, when you go to a restaurant, there's a QR code in every restaurant, and you buzz it, and then if someone at the restaurant gets COVID, it uh, pings everyone else who's in the restaurant at that time and says, look, you got to isolate now. But I don't think we, you actually have to do that anymore. Uh, haven't had yeah. for a while. But we've just had the... Because of the South African thing, hmm. we are now having to wear masks out again. So. I they, like yeah, just one one little bit of uh, you know positive news about all of this. Um, <laughs> uh, just because I, I feel like I need to go on like a like a mini COVID rant, um, and because I called this more than a year ago, and <laughs> st still write about it, the way viruses tend to behave is as they move through a population and as they mutate, they tend to get less and less and less dangerous, and sure enough. That's exactly the pattern this one's followed. So Omicron is like the least, like deadly one so far. Is it? Yeah. Because I heard the South African one has been pretty it, bad. Don't. It's contagious. And don't get me wrong. It's still like even even the flu can kill you. And it's it's still like you know mildly more dangerous than the flu, even in its most like in in its newest iteration. Mm. But compared to the first virus that went through, like back in early 2020, that one was actually significantly more deadly than the flu. The one right. we're on now is barely, barely more, like, it's it's practically indistinguishable in terms of, like, how dangerous it actually is. Um, as, uh, as someone who knows absolutely nothing about medical science, I entirely admit my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I, to be honest, I probably shouldn't have said anything, because, I don't know. Back Do to your France. Own research, people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't, don't believe me. I'm just some random dude on the internet. Um, France. Oh, also, kilometers. Yeah. Took me, like, I, I Did you had rack to... up some good Pokemon Go points? <laughs> I did actually go on Pokemon Go. Oh, the park across the street from the hotel, there was a big concrete penis. Yeah? I don't know what what the I don't know what it was cuz the it was some museum piece, but it was all in French. Um it, it was and I I'm I'm being facetious, but it was like 
it was a hundred meter tall like concrete tower and there was apparently it's some historical thing and there was a bunch of stuff talking about how it has like foundations that go deep below the park and everything like that but it was all in french so i have no idea what it said right next to it was a world war ii memorial um and i guess this is it's different than the ones I'm used to seeing because you see a World War II memorial in the UK and it's about like, oh, you know, we, we beat the Nazis. The same thing in the US, right? Sure. But in France, it was about how they were, it was the date the town was liberated from the yeah. Nazis. Um, and I was like, oh yeah, because they, they actually got invaded. Um, so it was just, just that, that was kind of interesting to me because I'm, you know, it's not what you're used to seeing in the English speaking world. I guess not, no. Um, no, I was gonna say, just going to say briefly, the reason I knew you'd been using Pokemon Go oh, because I was over in Bristol and me and Alicia were sitting at lunch uh, and I was just waiting for the food to go out. I was like, wow, you didn't send me a gift, but Kaiser remembered to. <laughs> He's in a different country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was... So I, I think it was the... It was Friday um, and I was just... <coughs> I wanted to get out of the hotel. Um, we, yeah, I mean, see the sights. Yeah, we we only had a half work day on Friday, um, and that was that was planned. So, hmm. I, after I dropped my coworker off at the train station, <laughs> and um, oh, sorry, one last thing I want to say about driving. By the way, yeah. in France, like th- there there are two things you have to remember, like or that I had to hammer into my own brain when driving. There was one, bikes and pedestrians will just walk out in the middle of nowhere and you, oh, yeah. you have to watch out for them. And two, about two inches is the appropriate distance between you and the car next to you. Like, it, I, I remember... They're quite an angry people, the French, yeah. They, it was just like... I had... Like, a, what was it? A smart car squeezed between... He just made his own lane in between two of us. Also, bus lanes just show up out of nowhere. And also, bus lanes are half the size of a normal lane here in the U.S. That's true. To be fair, though, I think that's just a U.S. thing where you have such big fucking roads. We, yeah, that, that's, that is... I noticed that in the U.K., too. You guys do have mm. much, much narrower roads. I mean, you saw mm. it when I tried to park that fucking behemoth of a car they gave me. Yeah, that was a massive car for these roads. Oh, but anyway, so... you coming a fucking mile off. But the, um... But I... That, that day, I decided to take a walk... You know, through the city, you know, see the sights. There was a giant, like, Bastille up on the, the like, cliffside outside of the town. Um, I was mm. in uh, Grenoble. And, um, like, just this ancient castle just looming over the town. And I was... Just a lot of cool stuff. But... That was when I was playing Pokemon Go. was when I was wandering through the, the park and, you know, uh, doing that. I did notice, however, because I, I went to a grocery store because the hotel uh, restaurant didn't open up. It, it was open for breakfast and dinner, and dinner didn't start until 7. Um, right. So I got hungry in the middle of the day, so I went to find a supermarket, you know, pick up some snacks and whatever. And yeah. so I went in there and I got, like, big bottle of water, two of mm-hmm. them, uh, a beer, and a bag of chips. Right. Actually, no, it wasn't chips. It was like um, some kind of cheese snack thing. I couldn't read it. It was in French. Um, I get to the checkout. The French don't have bags. Not even to buy. Like you, you're you're expected to either bring a backpack or bring your own bag. 
Oh. Because, I, I, I don't know, um, environmentalists have gotten all the bags or something like that. And so I'm walking back to the hotel, trying desperately, like, I just, I shove the beer in my coat pocket, and I, like, I have the, the chips in one hand, and I'm holding, like, the big bottles of water, and I'm walking back to the hotel like that, for, like, two blocks. I ah, not too bad. It wasn't, it wasn't too bad, it would have been worse if I actually bought something substantial, like, luckily I only had, like, three or four items, so it was, yeah. I could do it, but... <laughs> if I had checked out with a lot of stuff and just like been standing there with my dick in my hand, like what the fuck do I do? Uh, do you anyway. not have a bag for that? <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, god. Anyway, it yeah. Was, so you enjoyed your time? I did, and it, it turns out because of the whole Omicron thing, they're they're closing not closing down, but making travel more restrictive. Also, I had to sign about eighteen different forms. So I yeah. showed the card. It was like, yes, I have the vaccine. And then go. Then they, they made me sign a form saying that I didn't have a fever or chills or anything like that. And then when I got to Europe, they made me sign another form that said the exact same thing. But plus that I hadn't been in contact with random people. And then on the way back, they made me sign another form and then asked me for, like, you know, a, a negative test. And I'm like... Where the fuck was I going to get a test? I've been, like, I've been driving around France for the last, like, week. Mm. And, um, I guess that was a good enough explanation because they didn't ask me again. Um, but now they're starting to ask for tests on top of all of that other crap. Okay. So I, I ended up with, like, a whole folder of papers that's just me signing and saying, you know, I'm not sick. Good. Let me go home. You can take them over to Jesse's house next time. (laughs) <laughs> sorry jesse <laughs> oh god but yeah long it was it was quite a fun trip and i'm like i feel despite the fact that i mean i've been a little bit rambly because i'm jet lagged as hell and i only got four hours of sleep last night hmm. um but it was refreshing it was refreshing to get out get out and, yeah yeah and it's um there's a there's a phrase from uh a, a book that I really like. Um, that's uh, hold on. I want to get this quote right. Get to the chopper. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, no man is. Uh, no man can claim to be brave who hasn't walked a hundred miles until no one knows his name. Okay. I, I, I'm I'm paraphrasing, <laughs> but essentially the idea is like, you you don't really. You get perspective on yourself when you go somewhere where people don't know you uh, like you're you're out of your own bubble you're with complete strangers and even more so when you go somewhere where you're not even speaking the native language yeah um and i always i, I always feel like these kinds of trips um they do give me that kind of perspective yeah you've left left your safety castle bubble yeah, and it's about okay. How do I actually survive in the real world without all the normal amenities, the normal mm. protective things that I've got around me? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so you went and joined a riot. Uh, <laughs> I did not join a riot. There, there were none. There were just skiers, yeah. unless you consider traffic a riot, because I would. That this fucking like the, the way the way people fucking drive over there. I but I was getting used yeah. to it by the end. Like there's. What what would be considered cutting 
cutting someone off here in the U.S. is just normal traffic, like interactions in France. <laughs> Did you have some weed? No. no? Did, is that legal over there? Yeah, it is in France. I'm, I'm pretty sure it is in France. It it might have been. I couldn't read anything on any of the signs. But no, yeah. I didn't. Um, no, okay. I didn't Do partake. Not no, <laughs> I, I've I've. I've I've tried it before in my life, and I'm not a fan. No, no, not not my kind of thing. <laughs> well, it's meant to be something that you have like before you go out to a party or something. I think, kind of right. like chill you out. Yeah, I've known people that have. I, I to be like, fair, yeah, it makes me too anxious. Well, to be fair, I can't actually anymore because um, because I, I work in pharmaceuticals and we interact true, with the true. DEA. And the DEA, it's still illegal on the federal level in the U.S. The states mm. have legalized it, which is a perfect example of how the states can tell the Fed to fuck off. Um, uh, so because the DEA is federal, though, um, it's still illegal. And so we deal with controlled substances in pharmaceuticals all the time. Do you have, like, shops over there that sell it? Yeah, we do, in my state, there, there's a giant billboard on the highway that leads into my city that's like, "Hey, there's a big shop that sells weed over here." I mean, that's surprising for for, for Boston. Yeah, we we it took us it's a while. I think hell. we we legalized it. Yeah, yeah, we we le <laughs> we legalized it in 2017, and it yeah. became widely available in like 2019 or so. I remember the the like the week that it became legal, the stock prices. Went like fucking five hundred percent up or something. Yeah. Like. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Well. Anyway, yeah, I've been kind of rambling here at the end, but uh, I just, I'm just, I'm coming off of the traveler's high, and I just, back I feel the grind. Uh, I'm back in my big comfy chair in front of my computer, mm. and it feels almost surreal. Anyway. But next, we are going to be moving on to talking about more Cowboy Beep Boop and uh, Squid Game. Blue's finished that since I've been gone. Yeah, both of them. Yeah, so look forward to that. Uh, in the meantime, this is going to be the end of segment one of the TMCJ podcast. Thank you all for listening, and you'll hear us again momentarily for segment two. Welcome back to the TMCJ Podcast. We are on segment two, our media segment. And before we get into media proper, um, we do have two things. We're going to talk about Squid Game and Cowboy Bebop, because Blue's been watching more of both. He's actually finished Squid Game now, so I'm curious to hear his thoughts on the finished ending. both of them. Um, oh, you finished both of them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. All right, so we can talk about <laughs> everything. Um, but one last anecdote that I forgot to talk about from my uh, trip. And this was on the way home, and it was a heartwarming tale of, like, somebody doing a good deed and being rewarded for it. Oh. I got, I landed at 1 a.m. local time, which was, like, 7 a.m. French time, so I was, like, my body was all kinds of confused. I tried to get an Uber, and it took me for, like, the Ubers kept going to the wrong spot. Boston, um, I, I'm assuming that, like, somebody from the taxi union, like, uh, I don't know, pissed in the coffee of the mayor of Boston because right. like Ubers and Lyfts and stuff have a designated area that's extremely hard to get to which is where they have to be at airports. Only taxis are allowed to pick you up from the terminal itself. 
And so I was having the worst luck trying to get an Uber to pick me up. And finally, like there was, but there was a guy who was there who was Uber or Lyft or whatever. And he was trying to find his passenger and he couldn't find that person. And so he was like, yeah, where are you going? And I was like, I'm going to Lowell. And so he, oh, sorry. Well, whatever. That's where I live. Um, and so he put like, he's, he's like, I'll, um, you know, I'll, I'll give you a ride home and just, uh, you know, either pay me in cash or do Venmo or whatever. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's very trusting of him because I could have just, like, you know, left him high and dry, like, 40 miles from Boston. Um, yeah, what's the what's the thing? Um, gas, brass, or... Uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm not familiar with that phrase, actually. <laughs> okay, gas, brass, or ass. <laughs> I've never heard that phrase before, but I love it. Um, and he was not getting any ass. <laughs> I don't swing that way, but um, no. But I so like I got home and I couldn't get Venmo to work because I've I've only used it once before and I'm it, I don't understand those apps. Also, I'd been awake for thirty hours, so I was kind of like delirious by that point. Um, hmm. But I was like, you know what? I couldn't get the app to work. I was going to give him like seventy bucks because it would have cost fifty five for an Uber, and then I probably would have tipped them around that amount. Um, but I, I I had cash in the house, so I was like, "Hold on, I'll, I'll go get cash." And so I ran down, opened uh, my my condo, looked in in the drawer, and I had um, I actually had a hundred dollar bill, and I was like, "You know what? I'm gonna." And so I, I gave him that. I paid the dude a hundred yeah. bucks in cash, which was like a lot more than he would have gotten for doing like a ride sharing thing. And it's, mm. But it, I, I figured it's like it's one one good deed deserves another, right? Like yeah, that's fair enough. I was stranded high and dry at like you know two thirty in the morning at the airport, and I couldn't get any Ubers to pick me up. And this guy offered to give me a ride, basically on faith that I was going to pay him. And so I was like, you know what? Here you go, dude. Just just like I wanted to share that like put a little bit of more positivity out there in the world is this guy did a good deed and I did my best to do a good deed in return I did uh, something a little bit similar which we're going to talk about in segment 3 okay well uh, without any further ado this is the media segment so bring us on and let's talk about some media yeah so start with Cowboy Bebop shall we <coughs> sorry Beep. first episode that we haven't talked about yet hmm. the uh Phase, mum. We're we're picking up from segment or from episode. I think we're on episode five now. Is where we're picking up at. Uh, we are on episode. So the last one we talked about was. Oh, I'm not sure actually. I think the last one um, we talked about was the one about the the tree plot line where I was getting more and more angry. Oh right, no, yes, the first one. Sorry, the first one that I watched was not about Phase Mum. Uh, it was the. Uh, because I remember messaging you and being like, I just found out about Jet's arm. Oh, yeah, yeah. <coughs> so, <clears throat> it starts in a flashback. And most of the episode is in a flashback. Uh, and it's Jet, back when he was on the force, he has his partner. Oh, they've, okay, that, that at least they kept uh, consistent. They're on a job, and uh, the, the there's a chase sequence. His partner gets wounded mm -hmm. and jet chases after the assailant yep he gets the assailant into an alleyway uh pulls his gun on him and he's like okay you know give yourself up and then from the shadows a mysterious being shoots jet in the arm like 
four times. That's actually um, pretty consistent with the anime. But it's so fucking obvious what has happened. Yeah. Like, from that, the whole... the whole, Anyway, so... Jets... No, there's a, a prison break. <laughs> um, in, in the real time. Mm. And uh, Spike and Faye are left to work together as a team to track down as many bounties as they can, and instead they just end up jacking off. Um... Literally just doing nothing because they can't decide on which one to go for, and then oh. she gets, she gets Spike to have to do her shower bath shower, as she calls it. Uh, it's just it. It's not worth talking about. Um, yeah. On the other hand, Jet goes after this guy. He calls up his old cop buddy, mm. uh, brings him back in, and he's like, "Right, this guy's escaped." We need to track him down, and then I can find out what really happened and why I got sent to prison. Because Jet was also framed somehow. I think. I think Jet was thrown off the police force because the criminal acts were also blamed on him back then. Even though he got his arm shot to shit. Yeah, th so this is actually pretty consistent with the anime. Um, in, in, at least with Jet, the, the whole Spike and Faith thing. In that episode, I believe they do actually go off trying to hunt people down. But they don't, they're not nearly as incompetent as it sounds like they are in the, the live action. But yeah, mm. uh, that I, I don't know if Jet leaves but his, because his partner gets shot or dies or something like that. Jet does get like kicked off the force. He doesn't go to jail or anything like that in the anime. But um, Yeah, they, they say that Jet was, they assumed that Jet was the inside man with the criminals. They had to do that because, because they were swapped him. Because they what? I'm sorry. I should. Oh my god! You know, guys, you can't say that. <laughs> hey, they're the ones that did it. For for some Just reason, like to say for, for the sake of the law that that was a joke. That was a joke. <laughs> but for some reason, Netflix felt the need to have prison in the backstory of a character uh, that's of a certain persuasion. He didn't have that in the anime. They added that in. By the way, I'm I was calling, just having a weird shower thought the other day, right? I'm, I'm calling Netflix like, racist. Anyway, go on. I was like, <laughs> you know who would have been the best person to play that character? Jet. Who? <laughs> yeah, Jet. <coughs> Sorry. Would have been Sean Connery. Oh my god. Spike, we need to get back to the ship, Spike. Totally inappropriate in terms of, like, casting. Because it's nothing... Well, no, he looks like the original character. And he would be a fucking prick. Oh, yeah, I guess, yeah, because I'm thinking, like, shaved. I'm still thinking of... Uh, the most recent thing I saw Sean Connery in was I was watching one of the old James Bond movies. Um, uh, and so, you know, back then he was still a very hurry man. Ah, Miss Valentine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I see we anyway. have a bounty to collect. <laughs> that would be so good! Uh, anyway... Oh. Back to the thing. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, Jet is um, going around with his old partner. He does some really fucking shady shit for being a cop. And Which is... Okay, sorry, I just I, I need to interrupt again. Because, again, this is something that they've done, deviated from the anime on. Because he was, like, the straight-laced of the straight-laced in terms of cops in, in the anime. Like, in fact, that was one of the things that backfired on him. I think they, um, in the anime, they, they called him, like, uh, 
you know the black dog or something like that because the idea was like once once he got like once he knew something like was wrong like once he had his teeth into a criminal mm. he didn't let go um yeah. so they, they've they've okay so they've actually changed <coughs> his character a decent amount well animated sound or in the, the live action there's a couple of times where he's like he's with his partner he's joking he's like oh remember when that guy you know fell down the stairs <laughs> oh that's not uh well he didn't do it his partner did it yeah yeah but yeah he's but... like laughing about it yeah and that's and second not... of all that's he not... pulls the guy's teeth out no okay in in the the <coughs> the one uh, thing sorry the one thing i was giving the live action adaptation credit for was jet like mm. they they race swapped him which i didn't have a problem with because the the guy they chose at least looked like Jet. I think he was probably <coughs> my favorite character in the live action. Yeah. Like, the, the, the guy that they chose, like, even though it wasn't, like, it didn't look anything like... It didn't... He he had the physical resemblance of Jet. Like, he was a big dude, muscly, bald-headed, kind of got the, mm. the, you know, the older look to him. They got the character right. Yeah. More so than the, the physical appearance. Yeah. But... Yeah. Anyway, go on. Sorry, I'm just you know, I'm just complaining. Uh, so they go to a shipping yard. Cause sorry, we've got a lot of episodes to go through, so I'm gonna power through it. Um, they get to the shipping yard. Uh, they find the criminal again. He's like, wait, but it was, you know, his, his partner again. Like, is there? And he's like, you're the one that betrayed me. The guy, the the traitor, shoots uh, Jet like three times. Again, but now Jet's got a metallic arm, so it just pings off. <laughs> and then Jet just fucking smokes the dude. It's not fucking uh, and Iron the, Man. The fucking uh, so so Jet th- thought that the guy that's banging his wife was the one that betrayed him back then. Mm. And then that guy magically appears, and he's like, "I've been tracking, I've been following up on this guy's case for for years," um, but. You've fucking shot him now, so that's fine. Walk away, and we'll say nothing ever happened. <laughs> God damn it! Um, so he's got like like a, a, a slightly stronger relationship with the guy that stole his wife. When you uh, see Jet's backstory in the anime, you're gonna like really appreciate how much they have dumbed him down in terms of her character. Like, he actually had a lot of depth and complexity in the anime, and it sounds like in the live action, he's got, like, I don't know, a three-year-old's version of depth, which means he's edgy. Yeah. So, that was that one. Uh, The next one was... Oh, okay. That was a really fucking weird one. I wasn't a massive fan of it. Uh, Spike's tracking down a bounty. He walks into a shop, and there's, like, a, a computer screen that's, like got a lady's face on it and it's talking to him and he's like all right yeah i want to see a boss basically he wants to just shoot the boss and take the bounty yeah and she leads him through to a room and there's like a very ominous looking chair in the middle of the room and she's like oh just sit down in the chair and you know and then you can meet dr londes uh, as soon as that's done so he lies down in the chair like a fucking idiot that clearly has like grabby, claspy things on it. And, oh, all of a sudden, he can't get out of the chair. And his mind is playing, like, a scenario. So, like, he's walking around, but he's not actually walking around because he's still in the chair. Yeah. 
uh, he meets his the the girl that <coughs> that vicious is fucking um, that he met so long ago and is still in love with and it keeps like he keeps being killed in some way and then just repeating mm. uh, and basically it's an AI trying to take over his body in the meantime Jet is getting the ship fixed mm. and so there's this mechanic lady on board and she's uh, and Jet's being cheap basically he doesn't want to pay for a part <coughs> Faye Valentine walks into the room where the engineer is and uh, the engineer lady fucks her they straight up have sex. Uh, it's not seen, but, you know, they cuts back to them later and they're both naked under a... Because uh, why wouldn't Faye be like a lesbian it? now? I guess it's fine. This is... Um, no, this, it, this is one of those... I'm going to just complain again. Um, okay. Everything that I've heard about the live-action Cowboy Bebop so far has been... Like, it, it's just struck me as the laziest writing that I've heard. It's a bit of fan service, I think. Is it, though? Like, if they yeah. were worried about fan service, they would have cast somebody who actually was appropriately proportioned to play Faye. Oh, yeah. Well, I think they were... It, it's a little... I'm sorry, it's a little late for fan service at this point. Because um, I think I think Faye is a lot more innocent in the live action than... She, she's still... She's more like, I don't know, childish innocence, I guess. Well, because yeah. after that, when when they when she wakes up, she's like, oh my goodness, I've never done this before. Ugh. And it, the engineer lady is like, clearly very used to fucking people. This is this is something that, um, we, we this is going to harken back to a very early podcast when we were talking about tropes and movies and TV shows. Mm. The, like... Faye Valentine in the anime is an example of how to do a strong female character right. Faye Valentine in the live action, it sounds like, is how to do like a you know, female lead wrong. Like the in the in the anime, like yeah, she's um <laughs> there's obviously a bit of fan service in terms of her wardrobe, but it's all like built into the character. She exploits the fact that she's very attractive to take advantage of people, con them, and she uses it in her like. She's a very confident, like, and assertive woman. Whereas it mm. sounds like in the live action, they've given her insecurities that she didn't need. Um. So Jet goes off, finds out that Spike's stuck to a chair and he can't take him out. Another random dude is there trying to destroy this AI and the, this random dude just knows all about the AI and Jet just trusts him <laughs> even though he's in a room with Spike, Spike struck to the chair um, I'm sorry go on and the dude's like I can't stop the AI from here I have to get to you have to destroy its generator which is on Earth so Jet goes back to the ship fires up the engine with the uh, so goes back to the ship opens the engine bay door to check on the engineer Sees just like the two naked women, and she's he's like, "What the fuck is going on in my engine bay?" That actually is consistent with Jet's character, at least. Uh, and they're like, "Oh, why did you knock?" I'm like, "It's my engine bay. I'm not gonna <laughs> knock." Yep, <laughs> that was quite funny. Yeah, um, no, that, that actually, that, I, I like that. <laughs> and still, with the two of them just like that, he's like, "Right, 
We're going to Mars right now! Fires up the engine with it. Random engineer still on board. <laughs> they fly to Earth with half an engine, which they're, like, fixing on the way down. Because, like, the part they have for it doesn't even fucking fit. And it just somehow works, somehow. Uh, they, like, basically crash land on the Earth. Um, they walk into a building, fire a railgun round through a well, it's like a perspex glass thing because apparently bullets won't do or something. And it explodes the generator and on this distant, distant planet, Spike is released from the chair at 98% download or whatever it is. Um, and yeah, there's this just big fucking tower of TV screens which is meant to represent the AI. And what? Just That's... Is, is oh my AI. god, they took another plot line from the anime and butchered it. I actually know what episode they're butchering. And it's a yeah. really fucking good episode. Uh, yeah, and it turns out Londa stands for... It's an abbreviation for something that makes up the... Basically, yeah. an AI. Again, that's... <coughs> it, it's a really it good episode, it. and it's haunting. Like, it's... it's they, In the anime, it's like a psychological horror episode. Um, it kind of is here, but I just found it... It's it, a bit too... Yeah, it, yeah exactly. Like... Wait till you see the the anime version of that episode because like legitimately when I saw that episode as a kid like I had nightmares for like a week like it oh, was really? it was haunting um, yeah it wasn't that bad. like it was it was kind of the it was more like um, in the anime it's more about psychological horror and existential dread um, yeah well I feel like they were going for that it's just they didn't really get granted it. when when I saw the anime as a kid when I I was like twelve years old so. It, it may not have the same effect, you know, on adults, but it was a lot less lazy than... I could, it wasn't until you talked about the tower of TVs and the AI and mm. the download, I was like, oh my god, I know what episode! Oh, yep. god. And it, I'm uh, going back to my, my theory from when we talked about this last time. It's some fucking hack writer who watched the original anime probably knew it pretty well and was like I bet I can write a better plot that's one thing one of the episodes only one of them they changed the intro music slightly and I fucking hated it <laughs> it was I think it was not long after you had said that because you said that to me in a message at some point yeah yeah and they changed the intro music and I was like oh no Kaiser was right. This guy is trying to improve on it. <laughs> and, he's and he is doing making it, it worse. Bad. Yeah. Fortunately, that was the only episode that it was on, and then they reverted back to the original. <sighs> anyway. Um, Faye's mum turns up. She's like, I want to... What? This is a different episode. No, no, it's fine, but she doesn't... Oh, God, they... Well, no, it's not technically Faye's mum. It's the person who stole her identity as a child yeah, and yeah. pretended to be her mother. Right, which uh, is... And she's like, hey, Faye, I want a lift. So, yeah, just give me a lift. And so she's taken on board of the Bebop because then she says she'll give the identity kit back. Um, and she gives Spike a massage, cures his hangover, and teaches uh, Jet some Taiwanese curry recipe or something so that they like her. Uh... Guys, his oh. face is melting off. Uh, <laughs> they and... they butchered and mutilated two or three different episodes to make what you're just describing, and it's go on, 
God. I can't even describe like the first scene. I know. Basically. I know. They they took they took two or three better ideas from several episodes in the anime and then butchered them and made the fucking horror show that you just described. Go on, keep going. So, uh, she uh, they, they look her up because it, the interaction between her and Faye is a bit weird, and turns out she has like forty different criminal record. But she's she's a criminal, and. Uh, then suddenly, like an, uh, a transmission comes in from the biggest arms dealer in the system, the Iron Mink, and he's like, "I want the the bounty you've got on board. Give me her, or I will just blow the fuck out of you all in a bad way." <laughs> I'm no, s- I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that was inappropriate. Go on. Um, so, uh, they, uh, Jet's like, fuck all y'all, I'm handing her in. Uh, you shouldn't have lied to me to get her on the ship in the first place. Uh, he takes her ring off and, oh, it's a, uh, location transmitter. So the mink knows where the criminal is at all times. That's how they knew that she was on the ship. Uh, so they take the transmitter, put it on Spike. Spike and Jet go one way. The... Faye and her not mum go a different way to try and escape or something. Uh, and so the thugs catch up with Spike and they're like, uh, oh, and, and Jet. But Jet walks into a like a shop nearby because he's missing his daughter's um, basically play that's happening. Mm-hmm. So he goes into the shop and he's got basically like VR goggles or whatever the fuck you call it. <coughs> and he's watching this like performance. Uh, so he's basically just sat in the shop. It looks like he's just sat in the shop going... <coughs> kind of like this, right? It's actually really funny. And in the background, through the glass window, you can see Spike beating the crap out of, like, ten different mobsters. Uh, and he's in his own little world watching this performance. Uh, it's... Oh. It's very funny. Um, there's the shopkeepers in the shop just, like, really awkwardly, like... Should I... <laughs> should I do something? But... <laughs> Um, Jet's like waving at his daughter and the shopkeeper's like <laughs> waving back and <laughs> you're like what the fuck is wrong with this dude <laughs> oh, uh, the performance ends uh, meets up with Spike again Spike's bloodied but fine uh, and it turns out that the, the, crim- the Iron Mink put a second tracker on the, the wife so he wasn't actually following that one anyway and he finds his did I say wife? You said I mean, daughter. The criminal. Whatever. Oh, whatever. Okay. Uh, so the mink is after the criminal and tracks the criminal with Faye to the criminal's like lockup, which has all this stolen artwork and a whole bunch of stolen shit. Uh, and the criminal's like has a bonding moment with Faye and gives Faye her identikit, and basically all that's got in it is a VHS, which Faye doesn't even know what it is. Uh, the mink comes in, and is like, we've got you now. Uh, holds guns up to them, and then, I can't remember what word, uh, the criminal uses, like, says like, pineapple or something. And I mean, he's like, ah, the safe word, and shoots his bodyguard. And it turns out <laughs> it's just a The safe elaborate. word, and then he shoots him. <laughs> That's pretty... His bodyguard, because you mean the like... danger word. 
Because <laughs> it's basically all just an elaborate ERP. Uh, and Did I tell you the about the time like, I almost oh, got shot by you. a live-action role-player? <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, oh, wait, you talk about... Is that a real story? In re- yeah, yeah, it's a real story. I'll tell time. the story once you finish. Um, yeah. Uh, and uh, the criminal's like, Oh, this is my daughter, Faye. Uh, and he's like, Oh, brilliant, we will have a family together, etc. <laughs> and ERP steals the, the ship, which is, the I think, the original ship that Faye always has in the anime. Oh, yeah, it's like a, a ball in the front with the two arms and the grabber yeah. claws. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she steals so that because it's she in the hasn't, lockup. I, okay, this this actually reminds. She hasn't had it up until. Then. Yeah, yeah, because you you when you, in an earlier episode description you were talking about how she steals Spike's ship, and I was like, what? Doesn't yeah. she have her own? So, so okay, that that makes sense. Spike's ship. But so, also previously, some the eco terrorists stole her original ship, and it mm-hmm. wasn't the same. Okay. Um. Anyway, so she just like flies off, and it, it's a pretty non episode nothing really happens uh, apart from the savage side of things he organizes a coup with the with two other basically similar level did, captains of the did you mean vicious elder, what did I say savage you said savage yeah um, it's same I mean synonyms yeah. but go on um <laughs> so he organizes a coup, uh, but his waifu is like speaks to one of the people who are going to be in the coup, and she's like, "Actually, I want you to cut Savage uh, Vicious's head off instead." Uh, but Vicious triple plays them; they cut off one of their own people's heads, and then he murders everyone who was in the coup, and the council mem- the elders, sorry, and the bodyguards, all in the room at once. Uh, including his father, who's on the Elder Council. <sighs> yeah? Okay. I was with you to a point. Like, this is actually a plot point in the anime that he he murders the, the council and then, like, basically takes over the organization. But it's handled yeah. in, like, a five-minute scene. He doesn't have to have... He doesn't have a woman there. There is no weird coup. There isn't, like, his oh. dad on the council or any of this other random bullshit. It's oh, just... Oh, really? He just does it because he's he's fucking vicious. He just decides, I'm the boss now, and so he murders everyone else who was in charge and takes over. I will say one of the notes I actually uh, in particular took for uh, this is at the end of the series was that no one has any respect for vicious, like no one. Yeah, which honestly he gets overruled by his wife. I am so. <laughs> I called this. I called this when you were describing the first part of the series. I was like, Vicious is... I think I, the, the exact line I, I said was, you know, Vicious just took over. He didn't have to ask the missus first. Like, in, I think adding a, like, a wife or a love interest for him it was a mistake. And also giving him all this backstory, like he has a dad on the council, that was also a mistake. Like he that comes up in a that's like a whole episode just coming up. Okay, he like in the anime he <coughs> is this enigmatic character, and that's part of the reason he's so intimidating. Is he's just he's kind of like this unknowable entity. You don't know what's going on in his head. You don't like he's he is just 
presented almost as a force of nature in the anime. And it sounds like they just you know, made him the butt of a fucking cliche in the anime or in the live action. Anyway, sorry. How how many episodes are left? I've been interrupting a lot, and we've been going. Sorry, for uh, a while. there's three, but one of them is like I'm gonna breeze through because it, it was a pretty crap episode. Okay, and I'll I'll try I'll try not to interrupt as much. So go on. <laughs> uh, so the next episode, which is actually where this council coup thing happened, it's mm-hmm. very hard for me to line up what happened on the good guys side and the vicious side mm. because they kind of don't matter they yeah they they're and they're <coughs> intertwining they're with each other they're completely separate pretty much mm. um so uh vicious goes to a medical facility releases a insane murderer dude and gives him a bunch of red eye the insane murderer dude uh fucking hates dogs because when he was being surgically fucked with there were a bunch of dogs in the room and surgeons um, so he's like terrified of dogs, but he's insanely powerful, and uh, yeah, he's now been given a bunch of red eye, and he's told to go and kill Bebop. Uh, oh, sorry, Spike. Quick, Bebop's the ship. quick interjection. This is oh. a plot point. This is an episode in the anime that they have butchered. Had nothing to do with red eye, and it was cats. Okay, and I think the reason they changed dogs was because one of those dogs happened to be Ein. That's Kaiser drowning himself in tea. Uh, <laughs> so the uh, Spike and Jet are coming out of a. I can't remember what it is. It's like a club or something. I don't really remember. Doesn't it, matter. I, yeah. And this guy is uh, in the alleyway, basically. He fights them, he beats the crap out of all of them. Uh, Ayn just like stands there barks at him once and he goes rigid with fear and then they all just run away while they still can Mm. (coughs) sorry Um, they then fuck what they do Uh, the, the, the weird fucking guy goes to his happy place which is like this creepy ass carnival place which is called Earthland I think uh, he hacks into Ayn remotely, just because he can, and looks through Ayn's eyes and projects an image of himself through Ayn's eyes. None of them... He's not the fucking people. R2-D2. He's a fucking dog. This I'm is so... going to really annoy you. Okay. okay, go on. None of them on the ship knew that Ayn was anything more than just a dog before that. And so they're like... That's just been projected from Ayn's eyes. Like, what the fuck? We need to go and deal with that guy on the planet because he's going to do something. He's going to hunt them down and kill them all or something. And wait. And literally, there's a scene where Valentine's like, So, what the heck is up with Ayn, guys? Cutscene. New scene. Ayn is sat on the, uh, the, 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 the docks off of the ship they've flown off without iron they just straight up leave them on the docks la, 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 la. and they fly to another planet uh, Spike is meant to be going in as a three man team Jet's got this whole elaborate plan set up but Spike's like no fuck you jams the comms so they can't get down to the planet Spike goes in fights the dude um, finds like a little electric dog toy thing, throws it. The guy gets super freaked out. Uh, Jet 
No, Spike goes over and uh, engages his grav boots to like a maximum, so he flies way up in the air and then falls and dies. But he also drops like four, uh, you know, like German <coughs> hand grenade things, the stick bombs, mm. which yeah. is enough to blow up the entire carnival. Uh, Jet and Valentine fly down to the planet. They can't find uh, Spike's body because, as Jet somehow knew, he's been taken by someone else before they got there. End scene. End end episode. I. Two quick comments before you move on. Uh, I'll, I'll keep them brief just because I know we have a, yeah. a little bit more to get through. Um, one, I think that car the carnival does exist that whole carnival thing does exist in the mm -hmm. anime i think they executed it better it sounds like in the live action they were like oh we need to blow stuff up and so they yeah, yeah everything was explosive in the carnival which is yeah weird. which is completely different i i actually felt like the carnival episode was again the carnival episode was another um semi horror episode um yeah like it, it's creepy as shit and it is they, I, I feel like that's helped by the fact that the way it's resolved in that episode, nothing blows up. There's just this very, very, I, I don't know how to put it. Um, I, I don't want to spoil it for you because I, I like the ending to that episode much more in the anime. But mm. the ending is a lot more subdued than explosions. Yeah. Anyway, go on. So... Um, the ship that picks up uh, Spike is paid off and Spike is delivered to the club owner the jazz club owner mm. and Spike's like how the fuck did I get here but thanks for saving me uh, Jet and Valentine have some kind of tracker on him I don't know and so they find the club, and they walk in, they're like, who the fuck are you? And have guns up at them, and assuming that they stole Spike. And Spike's like, no, these guys are friends. Uh, then Jet gets a call on his phone. And they're like, we... Oh, hang on, no. Oh, he skipped something. What is it? Ladies and gentlemen, Blue forgot something in this epic, riveting I rendition. Uh, so, okay, the, sorry, the episode before that. Um, just put that on hold. <laughs> uh, it's a massive flashback to how... To, to Spike and Vicious back in the syndicate. Okay. And it explains how they were buddies. Vicious was more vicious. Spike mm. was obviously known as Fearless, except... Uh, it's just kind of a word... Yeah. Um, they uh, Vicious is seen as incredibly inept and worse than Fearless at everything. I'm like, sorry. Just everything. Hold on. Do they actually call Spike Fearless? Like, is in like that's Throughout his that's film, his yeah. that's his modern name. Yes. Is it not his normal? No. No, he didn't need. He was called Spike. He didn't need a fucking oh. modern name. Oh, yeah, that was his criminal name. Was <coughs> oh my god, I'm dying. What the fuck? Um, so I just... they 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 be, they've been doing jobs for a while. They're a really good team because basically, Vicious will stab the shit out of anyone, even when they don't need to, and then Phyllis will clean everything up and do all the hard work. 
Um, you're you're ready to punch the screen. I can tell. <laughs> I'm sitting. By the way, I'm sitting here like <laughs> you guys can't see this because I'm not on camera, but I've got one of those little like you know grip strength things, and I'm just squeezing yeah. it. Um, so their boss at the time, because Vicious isn't a leader at that point, is yeah. like, okay, your dad is on the council, uh, and he wants you to be a captain soon. And you're going to take my position. So basically, you need to broker a deal with these Neptune guys, I think. So, just do the deal. Get a decent percentage. That's all you've got to do. And they sends Vicious off. And with Fearless slash... I'm just going to call him Spike. He's like, okay. Please do. Every time you say Don't let him fuck this cringe. up. Don't let him fuck this up. It's all of our lives on the line for this deal. Uh, and so they they go in to do the deal, and then you don't actually see what happens in the deal. The next thing you know, um, Vicious apparently like uh, strangled through, like he fucking he choked out the the the, the mob boss that he was meant to be doing a deal with. Uh, it didn't kill him, but yeah, and he was like the these. Oh, the rats don't deserve to be dealing with the syndicate and blah 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 blah. Everyone's super fucking pissed off, and they're like, "Okay, you gotta fucking fix this." Um, that's when Vicious and Spike they're sat in the club, and the singer comes on the stage, and they're like, "Oh my god, she's beautiful." Vicious basically starts going out with her, dating her. They're driving home one night, and they see the leader that he kind of choked but didn't kill, and Vicious brutally murders him. Spike goes home with the girlfriend, with Vicious's girlfriend to take her home, and then he fucks her. Um, which is really fucking out of the blue, because they're like best friends for life kind of thing, and... Vicious got Spike into the syndicate, but now Spike's just fuck, fucking his girlfriend. Biffles. And next day, it's like, oh my god, you killed that gang leader. This is going to mean a war between the syndicate and this other gang. The syndicate have put uh, basically hitmen on Vicious, but they want Spike to do it. So Spike goes over to Vicious's manor house and is like, uh, he's gonna kill him, but he's like, no, I'm gonna make this right. He goes, Spike goes and single-handedly kills every single gang member from this other gang. I'm looking like, around it, my it's desk some for something shit. to fucking, like, bludgeon myself with. It's like some John Shitwick. John Shitwick? No, 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 John no, 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 that, no, that's right. No, John Shitwick is what this sounds like. <laughs> Where he basically walks into a club with, like, a spoon and just murders 50 people. Yeah. Uh, and then... Uh, don't get me... It he... sounds like it's kind of... Wait, ha have... Question. Have the fight no. scenes gotten any better? Because that was something that you said they were It's kind all of... done behind glass. Okay. Like, tinted glass. So you can see the silhouettes yeah. of him beating the crap out of everyone. Which is probably better, and... considering how you described the scenes in the early episodes. It's, it's it's one big side scroll. So he goes in the building at one end, the pa the camera pans, and he just goes from room As to room beating the crap through, out yeah, of everyone. Yeah. Okay, yeah. go on. Uh, and then he shoots a woman at the end, as she's trying to run away. Um, 
so then he uh, he goes to the the vicious his girlfriend's place and he's like, "We gotta leave. Meet me at this place under the bridge at this time." And he goes off to Spike. Goes off to what's he even do? I don't know. He goes I, off to do something. I know the anyway. episode they're butchering, and it's so much better in the anime. In the meantime, the elder, also Vicious's dad, uh, goes to Vicious, who is like drunk and asleep in his apartment or his mansion. Sorry, and he's like, "Congratulations, you killed that entire thing. Everything is all right now." Vicious is like, "Yes, I did that," and then the elder dad slaps the shit out of him because he knows he's lying. And he's like, by the way, your best friend did this, and oh, he also just took your girl. You're a piece of shit, son. What is with... Okay, this is something that, not only in this series, but this is something that's been pissing me off about, like, a lot of movies that have come out recently, and a lot of, you know, TV shows. Mm. What is it with the new trope of emasculating the antagonist? Like... The villain is supposed to be there to, like, challenge the main character and, like, be intimidating and, like, actually present a threat. Mm. you showing the guy getting bitch-slapped and talked, you know, like, you know, getting, Wild having man. little domestic Who sounds disputes. like Emperor Sidious, by the way. Does he actually? He really, he's like, well, at vicious. Least, oh, oh. You are a piece of shit, vicious. Slap, slap, slap. <laughs> he... <laughs> <laughs> you said that, and all I could think was, uh, fucking old Daddy Bronte. Mm. Well, like, even as the elder dad is getting no, no. stabbed the to death Elder by dad, in my, in my head, I'm just picturing Granddaddy Bronte from, uh, The Life and Suffering. Just the, just... Equestrian, you need to become a lawyer so that you don't bring dishonor to the family. Anyway, go on. As, as the elder is being stabbed in the previous episode, right? Mm. As the dad... He's looking up at Vicious and he's like, "Who's your daddy? <laughs> you are you were always a disappointment to me. You will always be a child." Oh my like, god. Like just to really rub in the fact that no one has any respect. I hate how much they ruined that character. I cannot yeah. wait till you watch the anime. We we're like when you finish the 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 Netflix series, right? Yes. Alright, we're watching the anime when... That, that's our next movie <coughs> thing. Anyway, go on. Um, so, uh, Vicious is like, so Spike just saved my life, but he also took my girlfriend. So he's dead to me. And he intercepts the girlfriend on the way to the bridge and sends her to the his house instead. And he goes to the docks himself and is like, Oh no! Wait, he goes to the club, and that's how he finds out where Spike's going. Because uh, Spike went to the club before going to the bridge, and uh, Vicious has like the, you know, the main lady, and then there's the lady who's on the desk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the receptionist. I think they're banging. I could be wrong. I think they're lovers. I, I'm sorry. I feel like they're, they're, this is a character invented for the live action. But go on. Oh, is it okay? Yeah. So the club owner. A good friend of Spike's, and Vicious walks in, beats the crap out of the uh, the desk girl, and then goes over to the main lady, and she and he's like, "You will tell me where he's going." 
or else. And she says, fuck you. So he puts his sword through her leg. Uh, and then it's given to believe that she tells him because she's got a fucking sword through her leg. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. That shouldn't have made me laugh, but it did. Go on. Uh, so Vicious goes to the bridge. He, she, he says, uh, she chose me over you because obviously he basically kidnapped her back to the mansion. Because, of course, we need a fucking like, B-list sitcom like love drama. Like in the middle of it just And then with about like four of his goons, he just machine guns uh Spike off the edge of the pier. But and Spike's floating away downstream, he obviously doesn't die because he's not dead in the future. Um and that's uh how the syndicate works. Anyway, so next episode. Uh which is the final one. Spike, so they're there in the bar, Sorry, right? Sorry, and just, I, I do want to say, we, we have gone on in this segment for a bit, like, we're, we're, we're well over, but the reason I'm not kind of cutting us off and saying, like, let's move on to the next one <coughs> is I feel like this is worth talking about. This it, is the it's something segment. that, it's, I, I want to hear the full, uh, like, the full breadth of the depravity <laughs> that this fucking thing is. You're gonna, actually, there's parts of the last episode which I love. And there's parts I absolutely hate. Okay. So, they're in the bar. Yep. Spike's just been, like, um, so Jet and Valentine are on one side. Mm. The bar owner and her assistant are on the other. The bar owner was just like, I'm sorry that I gave you up before. But they did kind of fuck up my leg. And he's like, yeah, no, it's fine. We're cool. Um, Jet gets a call. And he's like, Vicious has got your daughter. Um... Jet looks really fucking pissed off. He walks over to Spike and then fucking choke slams him on the bar. He's like, Who the fuck were you? <coughs> Where are the drugs? That's when Jet is finds out that uh, Spike used to be in the syndicate. And he is super fucking angry. He ties Spike up, throws him in the back of his car, and he's going over to hand him over in exchange for his daughter. Ugh. Faye Valentine is like, no, fuck you, that's not how friends work, I'm gonna fuck off. <laughs> so she does. I love how they fucking reversed roles. Cause, and, uh, anyway, what, was it normally her handing him over? Yeah, Faye was always the person that fucked everyone over, and Spike and Jet, despite the fact that, like, even when, like, their pasts kind of came up and caused issues, they still mm. had, like, like, a rough kind of, like, we're bros kind of relationship. Where like, they they would they would get pissed off and like, all right, fine, you're on your fucking own, and then begrudgingly they'd be like, oh, I can't let him die. Yeah, well, he's really fucking pissed off. Yeah. So he meets up with these uh, mobsters in the in like a random warehouse. Uh, Spike's in the the boot of the castle, and by the way, uh, Jet finds out about Spike's history in episode five of the anime. Five out of twenty-six. Okay, this is episode ten. Yeah, I think. Uh, so, uh, Vicious is standing there with the with Jet's little girl and a bunch of mobsters. And Jet's like, "Okay, he's in the boot of the car." Uh, and as they're like approaching the car, they got machine guns raised, and Jet's like, "Now!" And Spike magically shoots all of them from inside of the boot of the car. And Jet shoots point blank at Vicious, but it turns out Vicious and his daughter are just like a hologram, you know, shot there. Oh, God. And, and so they're not actually there. 
Um, They've moved on like, to ripping off the ending to Breaking Bad. All right. Then like twenty mobsters appear from all around them, point guns at the Spike and Jet, and they're like, "Okay, we surrender." So they get taken to a church and tied up. The church. They're tied up to one of the pillars. Literally episode five. And Jet is like, uh, no, sorry, Vicious is like, is is there in person now? And he says, I even had this space left for you, uh, Spike, in in the event that you died with my fam, you'd be alongside my family in the crypt. Um, and Vicious is gonna shoot the little girl in front of Jet, and then he's gonna shoot Jet in front of Spike, and then he's gonna kill Spike. Uh, suddenly, the windows shatter, and Faye is outside the windows with her gunship, which just mows down, like, all of the mobsters. Vicious retreats into the... <laughs> Kaiser's going thermonuclear. Uh, Vicious retreats further into the cathedral. They're butchering one of the best episodes in the anime. Uh, they all get untied somehow, I can't really remember. <coughs> and they run out the front of the church, and Faye lands the ship. Spike's like, you guys, go get back to safety. I've got Vicious to deal with. So, it's just Spike. Goes back into the church. They do the... He goes up the stairs, shoots a couple more mobsters, and he gets the, the the pinnacle place in front of that big stained glass window, right? The big circular one. Yep. One of the most iconic scenes from the anime. Yeah. Shittest combat scene ever happens between him and, uh, and Vicious, where he's literally, like, deflecting the samurai sword with his pistol. <clears throat> uh, like, the physical... But he's not, like, shooting the blade or anything. He's, like... Blocking so, with the pistol. They they do that. That is actually something they took from the anime. But ironically, it's more believable in that, which it, it, it's it's it presented not as like I'm doing gun fu. It's like a, an act of desperation. Vicious is coming at him with a sword, and Spike is just like, oh fuck, and just like uses his pistol to like not get stabbed. The only people in the entire series, I'm just realizing. That get killed by Vicious are Syndicate members. Those are the only people throughout the whole thing. <coughs> I'm pretty sure. Um, so, they're in the, the pose, you know, where Vicious is over the top of the samurai sword yeah. down. And then Spike's they, got the pistol to his head. Yeah, they had to have that in because it's one of the most iconic scenes from the anime. Yeah. Uh, and I can't remember how it happens, but... Um, Vicious ends up standing over Spike. Spike doesn't have a gun, and he's about to, like, stab him. And then the girl walks in behind Vicious yeah. and fucking shoots him in the back. Mm. So he's bleeding next to the crypt now. Oh, you've gotta be fucking kidding me. And, uh... Where's Spike my hammer? Stands I wanna up. fucking bludgeon myself. Spike stands up and he talks to the woman. And all up till now, the woman has been, like, this innocent, good character, right? <coughs> and, uh, she, she's like, why, why would I, why would I run away with you, Spike? I can own the syndicate now. And... She finally Spike broke like, to the glass ceiling! Uh, well, 
That's ironic. The stained glass next. seal. <laughs> the, she she's looking at Spike and, and he's like, "Oh my god, we finally made up with each other." It turns out that you didn't choose vicious over me. And then she shoots Spike out of the glass window. You! No! What the f- She shoots Spike out. He falls. Oh my god. It's one of the- Like, a 50 meter drop into, uh, onto rocks with, Literally, with water. It's one of the most iconic scenes in the anime. It's in episode 5. And okay. that is very similar to what happens in the anime. Except, it's not a woman, it's a grenade. Oh, um, it just—I I, just—oh my god! I, just like a grenade. <laughs> I came in like a wrecking ball. <coughs> so, oh god! Okay, go on. I can't remember what happens with. Uh, it doesn't fucking Faye. matter at this point. Jet. So so Spike um, meets up with Jet afterwards, and Jet's like, "You can just fuck off. I do not like you." Jet gets back on his ship and says. If I ever see you again, Spike, I will kill you. Um, Spike goes off and becomes a drunkard and, like, super depressed. And we'll come back to that in a second. Uh, yeah, I can't what Faye does. I think she goes off to try and find... Maybe she uh, goes off and bangs the mechanic family. again. She <laughs> goes off to try and find her original family. Because the VHS showed her as a little girl and she was, like, piecing things together. Uh, yeah, Jet goes off depressed, Faye fucks off, uh, Spike gets drunk, the woman takes Vicious, doesn't kill him, chains him up in his basement. I was about to make a joke about an S&M dungeon, and then you confirmed my theory. <laughs> Just Chains him up in the basement, puts a single bullet in a revolver, spins it, click, when she's pointing at him. Uh, he's like super fucking pissed off as you would be and she's like oh I guess we're lucky today puts the gun down we'll try again tomorrow walks off and becomes like the leader of the syndicate Uh, finally um, Spike emerges from a bar looking like death turned over and he collapses in an alleyway and then this hyperactive girl boy thing child I no, goes not over I. and is like, Hey, you're Spike Spiegel in this exact voice, by the way. You're Spike Spiegel, aren't you? Let's be friends and track down this bounty together. <sighs> and I First of all, just there. She's she is and it is a she. She okay. is a major character in the anime, and she shows up yeah. around like episode ten or eleven or so. Um, she and she doesn't really know who annoying. they are. She just kind of like leeches onto them. Um, well, actually, no, no. I take that back. She does know who they are, and she kind of baits them into, you know, forcing them to take her under the crew. But she doesn't fangirl it out like that. Yeah, she just finds him in the way, knows his name, and Ayn is there with her. Uh, and that's where it cuts. And is that the that's end the of the the live action? Yeah. Okay, so there's probably going to be, like, a part two or stuff. Right. Yeah, because they left that cliffhanger, so I assume. This, this is what I've been sitting on, like, the entire time, and what I've been waiting to the end to say. This oh. sounds like somebody with, like, mediocre writing talent got 
Netflix to greenlight their fan fiction of Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. Like, they, they basically took so many episodes. That, that last episode legitimately made me fucking angry. Mm. Like, <laughs> I, I kind of, like, played up a little, like, the face palming and stuff like that. Like, okay, you know, some of these things, it's cringy. They, they did, like, a, a shittier version. That last one is, like, somebody taking a dump on the fucking Mona Lisa. Like, they took one of the most iconic, like, episodes in anime, period, and just fucking butchered it. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, I don't... Um, yeah, sorry. I, I think someone who's never seen the anime before, Yeah. I think it is a good series. Yeah. And the, But, yes, like you said, as, it is nothing like the... As a standalone. Work. As a standalone. If this was, <coughs> like, from what... It follows a lot of very common tropes that you get in movies and TV and stuff like, you know, when you have gangsters and you have people who are kind of forced to work together. Like, all of those elements are there, and if this was not labeled Cowboy Bebop, it would be probably a, a decent TV show, from the way you described it. Because, they again, they're following all of these very common tropes. Yeah. Tried and true tropes. But it's the fact that they... <laughs> when you see what they did... Like, if somebody did, like, a passable rendition of, like, a classic painting, right? Um, then, like, if it was just, like, if you just saw it in, without context, you're like, oh, that's quite good. But then if you saw yeah. it compared to the original work, you'd be like, oh, that one is clearly better. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's really what it, what it comes down to. Um... Oh god, I was so fucking But within context, it's they're defacing a classic. I really don't know how they're gonna get Spike and Jet back together again. Well they they've gone like a, a conflict that was like a tense, like five minute conversation in one episode has now become mm. like this like thing that oh. causes a rift between people. So Jet also <laughs> Yeah. When they get out, the the girl is returned to her mother and stepfather, whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah. Um. And they don't even talk to Jet. Jet is clearly in the doghouse. So, the summary for Jet is that he loses his best friend, and I'm assuming he's never allowed to see his daughter again. He doesn't even have a fucking kid in the anime. He has a yeah. he has a tragic love story in his background, and it it it, it ends tragically. It's so tragic for Jet and yeah. Spike. No, he, like I, I'm just I'm, God, I can't wait to like till you actually see the anime and see mm. like the original. It's it's one of those things where like you're saying like this is a good series, and you're right. If again in absentia, have having not seen the anime and it's you know full anime-ness. I don't know what word I was looking for there. Um, it, it sounds like it's pr it, like it's a pass passable, like, decent series. Yeah. But when you see the originals that they are butchering to make the amalgamation that you've been watching, you will be impressed, I think. Also, we're... I think you just need to see the last episode, honestly. We're, we're actually a half hour over, but I wanted to go through I the know. whole series. Yeah. And I know we, we wanted to talk about... <coughs> Uh, Squid Game. So, 
Um, Leave it for another time. We'll, we'll save it for another time. We'll talk about the ending of that. Um, and we're going to end segment two here and then move on to segment three. This is going to be another long podcast. Yeah. <clears throat> but, <laughs> but long for a reason. I wanted to get through that entire series. <laughs> I just saw the time. We are. This is the longest segment oh, we've ever yeah. done. This is the longest. <laughs> like normally, we're, when I say we're over, we're over by like ten minutes, twenty minutes at most. We're over by a half hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, all right. This is going to be the end of segment two of the Team CJ podcast. Thank you all for listening, and you will hear us again momentarily for segment three. Welcome back to the TMCJ Podcast. We are on segment three, our wildcard segment, and Blue did have a new game, but we're not going to be doing that. Blue's actually got additional topics. We're in topic overflow, like we've well, done a couple no, times. no, we're in topics, because we didn't have topics on the first one. <laughs> uh, no, that, well, we had one topic, it was France. <laughs> yes, that's true. It was one big topic. All right, um, what do you have for me? So... We're going to start off on uh, something that you'll you'll enjoy. You're saying you need to pick me up. Yeah. Yeah, well, <coughs> yeah. exactly. Um, after after that last segment, I need something that's not going to make me furious. Yeah. So, as everyone in the known universe knows at this point, you've got 100% achievements on Into the Breach. Oh, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Which you're quite proud of. But, I am. actually, you don't. Did they add new ones? There is a new achievement. All right. What is it? Uh, not on the official Steam page, but it is my achievement that only I can bestow upon thee, which you have to earn still. Alright, so I need to go back and play Into the Breach is what you're telling me. What do I need to do? There, Someone has made a mod for Into the Breach, allowing you to play versus mode with another player. Oh, shit. Meaning I could play as the Vec, and you have to defeat me. That'd be fucking easy. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> challenge accepted. You reckon? Let's, yeah, challenge accepted. <laughs> well, Let's do this. Artillerying the shit out of your infrastructure? Destroying your power grid? Yeah, it, I imagine it would be significantly <coughs> harder if the Vec was actively trying to take out the infrastructure. Yeah, and I even get control of the bosses. Yeah, that... I could see this being a lot trickier. So... I imagine in that kind of a scenario that the uh, people who can manipulate movement and, like, reposition the VEC, they're going to be a lot more overpowered because you're they're going to have intent handy, yeah. and they're going to be the ones that are... Yeah. And I'm going to know what your machines do. Yeah. So I'm not going to be moving around randomly. I'm going to be purposely... It's going to be like a game of chess. Yeah. Which, um, again... My, my kind of game. I enjoy chess. And, yeah, and you will win most of the matches, don't get me wrong, but I will grind you down. Uh, and by the time you get to, like, the, I reckon the toxic area, you're gonna be fucked. Attrition. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, uh, I, I'm definitely up for this. I'm hyped to do some of that against you. Yeah, and um, we'll probably record it, so... Yeah, so look forward to that. Um, I, I think it's... Um, they, they weren't able to make it a online multiplayer thing, so I might have to tell you where I want you to put things. Hmm. Or it'll be, like, uh, remote play. <coughs> Maybe, I don't know. I don't, well, because the main game won't have that, I don't think I'll be able to. But to be fair, I mean, you do that with, like, there are some chess games, like, that have to be done like that. I move knight to d4. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll find a way. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that looked 
fucking awesome because we both love that game. We both played the shit out of it. Yeah. Uh, you've played a lot more of it than I have, but holy crap. Um, yeah. Also, I'm eager to see which set of robots you choose. Yeah, I might have to do like a custom squad to try and find the right balance of things. The person I was watching was doing the um, fuck. What was it the guy the the robot that has the electro whips? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the squad you're talking about. The yellow uh, ones. And then, well, and the second one, the second because they switched around places afterwards. Mm. The second person went for the the the, the dust cloud guys. The one that has the jet. That, and the push literally what? when I was trying to like think of what team I would use in my head, that jet I was, love that team. That that jet is like they're they're actually I think the first team that I beat the game on hard with. Um Right. Like they're they're quite good. Um, a lot of fun, aren't they? Yeah. The, especially the jet when you upgrade it, you can put down two dust clouds while bombarding people. True. But with the jet, you need to have space either side, and I will know that. Yeah. So That's this, why I'll be putting my guy in corners. Yeah, this is um, <laughs> Into the Breach, for those that don't know, is a grid-based uh, game where you're trying to protect buildings, kill monsters, and... Complete it, objectives. Yeah, it, it's all about, like, positioning, basically. Hmm. Uh, it's by the creators of Faster Than a Light. Mm. And I think that the best way to probably describe it would be if uh, Pacific Rim uh, had a baby with chess. <laughs> yeah, that's um, actually yeah, that's pretty good. It's it's a lot of fun. Highly recommend. I don't think it's that expensive either. I think it's pretty cheap. Even when it was brand new, it was only like twenty or thirty bucks. Yeah, because we picked up, or at least I did. I think in the first week or something. Um, yeah, I got it. I got it maybe a year or so later. But right. Um, yeah, loved the game. I mean, considering yeah. how much time I put into Fast and Light, th this developer really does know their their shit. Like, oh, yeah. they've, they've got a very specific genre, and that genre is that 2D uh, strategy. And FTL has it, this game has it. Quite good. Mm. Anyway. Uh, uh, yeah, so super hyped for that. But um, I was watching that on the, the Yorks House live streams that I have to go because they mm. have their annual charity live stream they do every year. I think they're at about 2 million so far at the moment. You know, the... The charity live stream that I, I really I get turned on to this by Jesse. Um, oh yeah, uh, it's the uh, games done quick live streams. They do a summer yeah. one and a winter one. They, they've they've been kind of like lacking in recent years. Um, some of the older ones from like 2018, 2019, they were really good. Um, but they kind of like started cracking down on what people couldn't couldn't do at them. Hang on. Is this the because there's two there's two events like I can't remember which one this is this is either the I think this is the the speed running one right yeah it's speed running thing yeah okay. GDQ there's, is the uh, the acronym for them but there's also another one where uh, game developers have a limited amount of time to make uh, a game yeah yeah I've uh, I've seen that um, it's also quite interesting. Th actually this is something so um, back in college one thing I did a couple times. And then after college as well, uh, I was never like a big person to go to conventions, but I had a lot of friends that enjoyed going to anime conventions. Mm. Anime fan. I decided that like I'd go to a few of them, and um, I've got you know fun stories from those. But they did. Uh, there was an event that I really enjoyed watching called Iron Editor, and they would essentially 
have like 30 minutes or something like that uh, with yeah. set assets and they would have to make an AMV, an anime music video in like 30 mm -hmm. minutes and um, they'd have to chop up whatever assets they were given, use whatever music they had and then make something. <clears throat> and like I, I loved watching that sort of stuff. So watching the same sort of thing, but with uh, development that you know, sounds like fun. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that's where I saw the um, Fast than the Into the Breach. Yeah, people playing. Um, but I also got the the charity bundle this year. So that's uh, I donated thirty five pounds. Mm -hmm. And what happens is you donate a certain amount of money, and then you get a whole bunch of free games, which mm -hmm. have um, that they, they they've signed up to be in this bundle, so you can get their game. Uh, so I got, what was it, I think about 55 games for £35? Because yeah. you, you sent me one of the links. Did I? Yeah, one of the keys, yeah. Oh yeah, I see. so I did have a couple of duplicates, so I put two of them in the hive immediately, and then I put, sent one to Kaiser, because I didn't know if he wanted it first, dibs. Dibs! Um, and the, the, the cumulative total for all of those games, the cost is, I'll put it in dollars for you, is just shy of nine hundred dollars worth mm. uh, of games, and so I've got this. I've, I've got lots to play at the moment over Christmas. Yeah, this is this is great. one of those amazing things about charities. <laughs> now, I, I shouldn't say I, I, I probably put that more <coughs> facetiously than I meant to, but like by these companies donating their games, that's that's a tax write off. Like if if your game costs like fifty dollars and you technically give away like you know a hundred digital copies of it you've donated yeah. you know five thousand dollars and so that becomes a tax write-off um which little bit I mean, of, it's all for a good cause so it I is no and i that, that's what i mean when i i said i i'm probably saying this facetiously and i don't mean to i i think that mm. giving tax breaks to people who donate to charity is one of the best like government policies i think that's ever existed yeah. Um, because it essentially it, it gives it gives rich people like an incentive and companies not just rich people but companies and, and rich people an incentive to give back to the community it rewards them for being good people and I think that that's that's, a, that's an amazing thing so if you can give yeah. away a few copies of your game and you're, you're helping people out and stuff like that you know great uh, yeah, so I've been playing several of the games. Um, there is one in particular I was wanting to talk about, and I think you will hate it, but <laughs> I... <coughs> it's very wholesome. Uh, and I, I don't is, even... Is feel, that why I'll hate right. it? Because it's very wholesome? <laughs> I don't even feel right calling it a game, because I don't think it's a game. I think it's more like an application or a program. Yeah. Because um, it's not really something that you go on to have fun it's uh, something called <coughs> Kind Words. And I actually, have you heard of this? No, I haven't, but I've... I've. There's a game that I got on Steam that I'm, I am I do need to finish that has a similar premise, I think, but go on. I doubt it, because it's not, it's not something that you finish, really. Um, so what happens is you log in, and you're like a little guy in a room, and... It's something for if you're having, like, 
kind of a tough time uh, if you're wanting to ask someone something, but it's kind of too uh, too too personal. You're too embarrassed to ask someone in real life, right? So you put you write it in like a, a seven line max letter on this thing. You send it off, and a bunch of people can then send responses. This is why I said you'd hate it, alright? I know this is No, I would thing. I would love it, but I would troll the shit out of people in that game. I think I think they must have a pretty strong reporting system because the <laughs> I, I played it for several hours and I never saw like a super trolly thing. Oh like that that would be half the fun <laughs> for me. I, w- I wanna play a version of this game that's completely uncensored. Like I wanna like write it just oh, you know, I had a rough day at work today and I feel like people don't appreciate me. And then I get a letter back people that says like it's that. like fuck you. <laughs> um <laughs> and I it's not for like I don't I think it's kind of not a thing for kids because there are some people who are on there who are like you know, yeah, I, like I'm, um, I'm depressed, and I, I feel like you know, life has no meaning, and da 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 da. Yeah, other people who are like relationship stuff. Yeah. Um, my wife is banging the gardener. Uh, I haven't seen that yet, but yeah, that kind of thing, just like uh, problems that, and some yeah. people put their ages in the letters, even though you're not meant I, to put any kind of identifying factors in there. Yeah, and that they tend to be around. I think the lowest I saw was 18-year-old. Yeah. Um, when I... Don't yeah. get me wrong, like, I do appreciate the concept, and this is something that you see, like, a lot more now with these sort of, like, mm. online help and support groups. People are having fewer and fewer real connections, and so, like, this is something that I, I think is... It's, it's a positive thing. It's a positive thing that represents a <coughs> negative trend. If that makes sense, yeah. I think that it's well, it's negative that people don't feel like they can have these sorts of conversations with people in their real life, and they have to go onto this game and type them out to random strangers. But I think mm. it's a positive thing that a game like this exists to give those people support. <laughs> well, one of the things that I thought was both a blessing and a curse is that so so you let's say I. I pick up someone's letter and it says, yeah. you know, they've had... That's the example you gave. They're having a really tough time at work. They don't like their job. Yeah. But they still feel the need to keep doing it. And you respond to it with, I don't know, you say something nice or something yeah. that might be helpful to them. They receive that and then they can't send a letter back and you can't message them another message. The only response they can have is they can say, send a, a thank you, and there's like stickers in the game. Yeah, like an things. emoji of some kind. Yeah, yeah, kind of like that. An emoji equivalent, let's say. Um, so you don't see their name, and you only get one chance to talk to them. Yeah. So there's no back and forth. Um, which is kind of like okay, I kind of want to know what happens afterwards. Whether they actually found that helpful, or whether I missed the mark, or if I so like. I don't know. But at the same time, I appreciate, for anonymity's sake, that you can't. Yeah, and you can't have, like, persistent contact with somebody. Yeah. Um, But what your reaction there, like, that's a very human reaction. Because if you see, if if you read someone's, like, very personal story, like, 
these mm. this is shit going on in my life the natural human reaction if you have been asked to empathize with this person is after you say something kind to them you're like well you you want to know if they're all right like did did i help mm. them like you know are they still having that's a natural human reaction like if you know like it's the way that like in a small town you know you know bob from the barber shop he's like you know he's had a rough go of it lately you know he's on the outs with mm. the wife his his work isn't fulfilling and you say something kind to him in real life you would be you know talking to him like you know a week later hey you know bob how's it going like have things gotten better yeah, like up. so it, what you're saying there yeah it's a, it's a very natural thing to feel um mm. <sighs> God, considering like before you described the game, the game I was thinking of equating this one to, just from the title of the game, is so different. Um, the the game I was thinking of was called uh, Unread Messages, which is a single player game, a single player story paced game about somebody who committed suicide, and all of their social media people are trying to get in contact with them again. Like it's. I think I've seen someone play that. I could be wrong. I I got it at one point because I was thinking of like doing a playthrough of it on the YouTube channel, and it just it was so depressing. I was it's like, this is not. Yeah, this is not fair. like I enjoyed it, but I enjoy a depressing story. Yeah, I like tragedies. Um, well, it, sorry, after I, you've got after more. After I to a few requests, I decided to put a couple things out myself. Oh, okay. And don't get me wrong, like, 80% of the requests that you see are people who actively need help. Yeah. Um, Which, and I will always pass on ones where I think I had nothing to nothing apply to, to the conversation. Yeah. You can skip as many as you want. But uh, I, I do want to say this real quick. Um, and I feel like it needs to be said because this is going out onto the internet. If you're mm -hmm. one of these people, like, it's great if this is something that you need for support. But... If you're one of those people that, like, <coughs> needs immediate help, like, you're feeling suicidal or anything like that, yeah, don't, don't use an app like this, don't use a game like this, actually go talk to somebody, like, call a hotline or something like that, that's, uh, but, well, some, some of the messages that you read do say, should I go and seek help? Yeah. And, whenever they're asking that, you should always really say, yeah. Yeah. If you think that you need help, you should if, seek if, help. Yeah, if you're in the kind of situation where you're like, you're having those kinds of thoughts, and you're in that kind of deep well of depression, as it were, yeah, like that. If you're if you're having that sort of an existential question pop into your head, you should probably get help. Hmm. And you know, I know no. <laughs> sorry, my. Sarcasm is hardwired into my brain, and even when I'm saying something sincere, I just can't help but have jokes pop into my head, but I'm not going to say them. <laughs> Go on. That's fair enough. Okay, so yes, I put a few out there, but um, like I said, 80% of them are people who need help. I'd say about 10% of them are people who are just putting interesting questions out there and people are responding to them. Mm. That's where I fall in. And then like 10% of them are people saying... Stupid shit, like... Did you see the latest anime episode of this anime? Mind blown! A <laughs> like, equals equals okay. equals equals D. <laughs> so, I put three questions out there. Um, <coughs> some of them <laughs> were more 
deep than, uh, than others. Uh, the first one I put out was, uh, let me just sort by requests. Um, the, uh, hi there, I said. Writing to hear people's thoughts on negativity in competitive gaming. If you've played games like CSGO or League of Legends, I'm sure you know how heated messages can get, and I'm curious <laughs> as to how others handle said situations. Okay. I had three responses to this. If you'd like to hear them. I'd love to hear them. Uh, but I'm about to sneeze. So... <coughs> nope, it went away. So, Go on. Okay, good. <laughs> Someone said, CSGO and League are naturally toxic games because they're competitive. I've played both and wanted to immediately quit because it's not fun. Oh. People handle these situations by muting the toxic people or even just stopping playing the game. That was the worst response, in my opinion. Yeah. Because that... they're basically just saying, don't play the game. Yeah. That's somebody who doesn't really <coughs> like competition. Yeah, but the other two were a bit better. Mm. Someone says, hey B, hardcore CSGO player here, and I was like, ooh. Oh yeah. <laughs> did, did they sign the, the, the letter, Sukabliat? They say, I hear heated conversations and see heated messaging all the time. My friends usually either get mad back or like to make jokes. Yeah. Which is great. That's the healthy uh, way they to respond. They oftentimes make jokes and will poke fun at themselves and others, which either gets people laughing or to be quiet. I found poking fun and joking around usually helps with negativity in competitive games. Not all the time, but most of the time it does. I thought that was a really good response. Yeah. Uh, I, and I agree with it. That's that's my method right there. Like, mm. I used to play League a lot. And, um, you know, typically it was the same thing. Like, sometimes, you know, I'd, I'd be baited into an argument. But most of the time I was just like, you know, let's have some fun with them. Or, you know, yeah. laugh it off. Uh, and the final one I got response to that was uh, another good one, I think. I'll have to be honest off the bat and say that in games like CSGO or COD, I've had my fair share of toxic-ass moments on the microphone. It almost oh, yeah. wouldn't be the same without it, you know. Agree Oftentimes, with that. when I'm playing solo, I handle it really badly. I get upset really, really quick, and I'll rage quit or smack my desk. Dramatic, I know, but save me the judgment. Uh, oh, I've... When... Sorry, Go finish, finish. No, no, I, I have a story. <laughs> The tell. Okay. When with friends, I find it much more bearable and usually funny as fuck. I've always loved hopping on mic to talk shit to toxic players with my buddies. Put them in their place, eh? Good luck, smiley face. Yeah, like, I've... <laughs> there are times you get heated. I've... And I definitely do handle... Thinking back to when I played, like, League uh, a lot mm. more. Playing solo, I did handle it a lot worse. When I was playing with friends, it was easier because you have other people to talk to, and you can kind of just go like, oh, look at this asshole, whatever, and you, or you just, like, you know, say something funny or laugh at each other, and it's fine. Um, mm. the, probably the the peak rage moment that I had was I, I actually punched a keyboard in half. Jesus. It was... I, yeah, I, 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 everyone has their occasional rage moments. It, I've it never was, punched... <laughs> I don't have broken anything. But. It was a Razer keyboard, and I was so fucking furious. I, I, I did like this fucking haymaker into the keyboard, and I snapped it in half. I, I skinned my knuckles too doing that. Um, but that, that's probably the, was a good reminder of not to do that next time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's probably the worst it's ever been. Um, yeah. Like I. <laughs> but no, no. They, like, you, your question's legit. Like. Those games do get heated. And yeah. 
there's there's healthy I think ways. It's all to... right to be toxic sometimes. Just well, don't yeah. go too far with it. Yeah, yeah. Like you don't don't. Like everyone's gonna have their bad days. Exactly. Every you know, everyone's gonna have a bad day. Everyone's gonna you know, somebody's gonna get under your skin, and you're gonna be like, "Oh fuck you!" And if, sometimes you know that that sort of like uh, shit talking, it's mm. cathartic. And I mean, it brings up another good point. Playing with friends is always gonna be more fun. Yeah. So yeah. if if you're on the edge about it, just wait until friends playing, and then do yeah. it then. Yeah. Um, the next request, heya. Curious to find some of the best events from stories which really stuck out for you. And then, another line. Defo not looking for D&D campaign inspiration right now, winky face. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, first response was a great one. They said, lol, I'm a DM too. I like to pull from classic literature or surrealist books for story inspiration. Here's a few great campaign building books that are just fun to read too. Mm. And he lists Beowulf... Gwen and the Green Knight. Those, oh god, both of those are good. Gwen is a great story for D&D. Uh, old Folklore, and he says in brackets, check original Grimm fairy tales and the Pantheon collection for other cultures' stories. I would highly recommend reading Grimm in the original German. Uh, then Surrealist-ish books, uh, The Starless Sea, or anything by Haruki Murakami. Uh, happy oh. campaign building. I, I know Murakami. Um, yeah, I've I've done that that as well. Like the the you know the whole caravan thing. Um, yeah. Like a lot of the ideas for characters and stuff from that is stuff I've pulled. I, I pulled from Greek literature. Hmm. Um, histories by Herodotus specifically. Um, yeah. So I thought really good. Uh, if you're looking for inspiration, this is another good thing to to, to pull inspiration from. Oh yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, I agree uh, with that. that that's <laughs> legit. Someone else said in big capital letters, "Spoilers for the movie arrival, for the movie arrival slash the book. Go watch slash read it first if you can." Uh, and he says, "Okay, so I hated this that is a story. Movie. Do you? Okay, yeah. So this okay. is a story about a linguist who is tasked with deciphering an alien oh, language. Sorry, actually, I, I should clarify. I I've seen the movie twice on planes both times. Um, okay, I've never heard of it." I, it, it's it's a good movie. How do I put it? It's a good concept with a crap plot. Okay. So like um, the actual like concept of it is somebody trying to interpret a language that is so utterly alien to them. That's a great concept. So I finished the thing. Yeah, yeah. He sorry, does kind sorry. of explain this. Yeah, yeah. Go on. Uh, so this is a story about a linguist who is tasked with deciphering an alien language. Towards the end of the story, it's revealed that understanding the language itself alters how you perceive reality, specifically time. The language turns out to be a gift from aliens. Now humanity experiences all of time at once. It blew my mind when I first saw it. It was so satisfying and recontextualized the whole story. Yeah, I don't know about the, the, the book that it's based on, but the movie kind of gets caught up its own ass like uh, it, it ends up getting like a bit pretentious near the end but the the concept itself like that person described very good and mm. it, it's definitely an enjoyable watch i just wasn't satisfied with the ending i uh i just got a new one as well i haven't read before let me just yeah. quickly uh okay it looks safe um <laughs> he's gotta do a little screening 
<laughs> Not an event by any means, but I remember telling a D&D story which was prehistoric by nature. Nothing original, I even had elements from basic prehistoric stuff. Fantasy stuff. So it was kind of anachronistic. It was kind of anachronistic. The twist? Players couldn't communicate with words. They all had different coloured cards that they should show each other. That they could show each other. The enemies were printed out. I just got so idea they for could a... Sorry, I just show got a... which one to attack. I directed them with, if you want to go to the village on the left, show me the red card, if not the blue, etc. That sounds like it would make a and d campaign a lot harder. Yeah, so there was a... Um... <laughs> There was a rule that um, when when Jesse was in high school, uh, he was telling mm. us about a and d group that he was a participant in. And they had a rule that anything you said out loud was being said by your character. And you had to make a specific yeah. like hand motion to indicate that you're talking out of character. I literally... So a couple of days ago, as you know, I did a D&D mm. um, session. And... It was after this pretty gruesome battle, and one of the party members was like, Ah, well, that guard that died, they were pretty shit, to be fair. One of the other guards immediately turned around and punched her in the face for three damage. (laughs) 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 Well, you don't say that shit after that happens. (laughs) Uh, Hmm. So, were you writing something down or something? Yeah, I just... I. That description it gave me an idea for a D and D side quest. Uh, I was just oh, noting. Brilliant. I was noting it down before I forgot. <laughs> I see. Um, uh, I know. I know. <coughs> unprofessional. We're in the middle of the podcast, and I'm I'm writing down D and D side quest. That's but, fine. Mm-hmm. The uh, the last one I did was this is kind of just to give you an idea of the <coughs> kind of questions you can ask. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey Christmas is of course coming up, and I want to bake some gifts for friends and family. Anyone got any homemade snacky favorites, sweet or savory? Stay awesome. Mm-hmm. Smiley face. Uh, someone sent a slightly odd message, which, I don't know. I guess it makes sense to someone. They say, I love French Christmas. It's super good. I also love good classic sugar cookies and meringues are a staple in my household, lol. There's a really good recipe for them on eggs.ca. Oh, they're Canadian. a nice little one. Yeah, no, they're Canadian, I so I guess you can forgive them. Uh, someone else had a very short response. They said, candied pecans, snickerdoodles, or the classic chocolate chip cookie. I don't know what a snickerdoodle is. I've heard of oh, them. Oh, really? They're an American okay. thing. Yeah, they are an American yeah. thing. They're, they're a Midwestern thing in particular. <coughs> my, my mother makes them. Um, candied pecans do sound good, though. Mm. You say pecans. Uh, huh? Pecans. Yeah, okay. We pronounce it pecan. Uh, well, yeah, you say like pecan pie, don't you? It's weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, just had another new one. It's not super Christmassy. Sorry. <laughs> Is that spelled right? I just looks wrong. It's not super Christmassy, though I had Graham's crackers. Graham crackers, sorry. Graham. Uh, again, not an English thing. Okay. Uh... Peanut butter, just on its own. Oh, maybe this is all one thing. Yeah, yeah, I'll put together. Yeah, graham crackers are... They're they're a fairly common kind of sweet cracker that we have here. Gotcha. Peanut butter, sliced bananas, and cinnamon to top it off all together as a kid. It's super yummy. Yeah, it sounds like it tastes pretty good. And I highly suggest trying it out if you've not. I hope your holiday season and life goes super well. 
Thanks for being on Earth, Hart. Very wholesome. Yeah, you, you were right that this is not my kind of a game. Yeah, no, it's not. Game, in massive quotation marks. Yeah. Um, I would be way, way, way too tempted to troll the shit out of it. That's the thing. When I, before I played the game, I looked at the reviews for it. Overwhelmingly positive on overall and on recent, hmm. which is rare. It is very rare, um, yeah, on Steam. And I was like, okay, how many how many negative comments are there? It was like one in ten comments were negative. Well, even even that's if it, fucking rare. Even if it's not like my kind of a thing, like I wouldn't, hmm. you know, I I think that the fact that this uh, program exists is a net positive for the world, but. That being said, I know the kind of person I am, and I That's would... why I said I thought you wouldn't like it. But yeah. honestly, you're, the fact that you can see the positive side of it is great, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, just because I know that I would troll the shit out of it doesn't mean that mm. I don't see it as a, a good thing. Uh, uh, yeah, and also, every time you get... Every time you... Uh, someone thanks you, mm. or you answer someone's query i think you get like a new sticker and there's a big sticker book and they are really cute i will say mm. that is the game part of it uh it's kind of a gotta catch them all kind of thing <laughs> gotta catch all the positivity but with adorable stickers which <laughs> who doesn't like stickers uh me um, actually i don't like real life stickers i like in-game stickers because they don't you know get that crappy glue shit everywhere yeah um but yeah yeah that was th that game i thought it was I, really I actually, interesting no, that was, that was, and, uh, that was yeah. very wholesome and I'm, I mean, Kaiser. If you if you come up with a request, we can put it in, and we'll see podcast see what response there is next time. If you do have, don't look at me with that face. <laughs> you stay wholesome now. This is a very wholesome subject. We're talking about charity <laughs> and people's feelings. I know, but you asked, you asked me to think of a question, and my brain immediately <laughs> went to somewhere horribly inappropriate. <laughs> Well, if you do um, come up, well, um, we can we can uh, I'll, I'll, check back in. Like I'll that. I'll endeavor to try and think of something a little bit more. Might be fun. Yeah, appropriate than what I just thought of. <laughs> anyway, I, I think. Do you have anything else to talk about? We're we're actually this segment. We've actually stayed on time, uh, but for the whole podcast, we're we're at about two hours and fifteen minutes. Uh, yeah, I think I, I think that those are the two the two main games that I was going to talk about. All right, and uh, well, in that case, people can look forward to seeing the video of me reacting to Cowboy Bebop um, to see if I get quite as angry as I did during the podcast. <laughs> oh my god! All right. <coughs> Um, yeah, this is going to be the end of seg uh, not segment, episode 71 of the TMCJ podcast. Thank you all for listening, and you will hear us again next week. Spike Spiegel. <laughs>